0: On this upcoming Tractors episode, we talk about the 2020 Oscars, plus trailers for Green Knight, The French Dispatch, and a brand new Saw movie, Can't Wait. Also, our reviews for The Grudge, Richard Durrell, and Harley Quinn's Birds of Prey. All this and more on this upcoming Tractors episode of Midnight Double Feature. And we're back. After a little bit of a little break. Uh, how you doing, man?
1: I'm good, dude. Uh, this is, yeah, we, we had a little bit of a hiatus, didn't we? There's been uh, a few things, including the Oscars. Um, what's what's new with you, dude? What's what's happening in life? Um,
0: well, bit this, a bit of this, a bit of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, it's, <laughs> yeah like it's such a it's, fake
1: conversation. It's like, oh, it's yeah. So it's so fake. Like
0: uh, so let's just let's just give fake answers. Ask me that question again.
1: Matt? What's happening in life?
0: Well, man, it's, it's really crazy. I just fought off a vampire trying to steal <laughs> my car. Um, I, I was walking outside and I just see this vampire and he's like just scratching the car. I'm like, mate, you're not getting my car. He's like, fuck you. And then all of a sudden, fucking the Ninja Turtles accident? come out of nowhere and the Ninja Turtles start fighting this vampire. And I'm all like, dude, what the fuck is happening? Meanwhile, the fucking Dwayne The Rock Johnson is like inside my house waiting because I promised to get him like an apple like an hour ago. <laughs> this is really bad improv.
1: How did I know Dwayne the Rock Johnson was going to make an appearance in this, uh, in your little story? He's my uh, go
0: to when it comes to famous people and movie stars, honestly. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I got to mix that up. Welcome back to another upcoming attractions episode of Midnight Double Feature. Uh, This is, like I said, upcoming attractions. If you don't know what that is, we're going to go through the news. We're going to talk this on this episode. We're going to talk about the Oscar winners. We're going to talk our reviews for, well, my review for Richard Jewell. Uh, And our reviews for The Grudge 2020 and Birds of Prey. And I am not going to talk about that title. (laughs) Um, Way too long. Way too long. And we're going to do, for the first time ever, what we're calling the hashtag MDF game. If you don't know what the MDF game is, I posted about it in the After Party. The After Party is our group on Facebook. And that's where our community gets together and uh, chips in, chimes in, comments on uh, all the things we love. The MDF game is something that I, uh, I, I cooked up a little bit. Like I was just like, you know what? This could be fun, right? Like this could be fun to get everyone's thoughts and opinions onto. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say hot topics, hot button topics. Just you know, interesting topics. Um, You're way
0: it, overhyping this. It's a fucking question that. Yeah, <laughs> right?
1: yeah it is a question, but like, <laughs> like I, I'd like it to become like a weekly, kind of like a regular thing. Like I mean, you know, like everyone, it, we we post a poll. And basically we ask a question and basically it's, you know, what's your favorite blah? Like this, this week's is what's your favorite DC movie, right? Nice and simple, um, but can be somewhat controversial, right? You know, eventually I want to get into things like, where's your favorite director or things like that. Things, things that, you know, inspire conversation from uh, us to beautiful hosts here at Minute Double Feature.
0: <laughs> we are so, beautiful. That is correct.
1: We are, we are. Uh, we're two strong, young, independent women who don't need no men. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Facts. that we're, we're going to be playing those games, that game, right at the end of the episode. So you're going to have to just tune the fuck in or hit fast forward, but please don't do that. <laughs> uh, like I said, Midnight Double Feature, we have two pages on Facebook, which is The After Party, and then we have our main page, which is Midnight Double Feature. We're on Instagram, which is at Midnight Double Feature. We're on Twitter, which is at MDF Pod. Uh, please feel free to email us anything, any requests, complaints, questions. It's Midnight Double Feature at gmail.com. And please remember to rate and review us on iTunes. And by the way, the best way for, for this show to grow and get better is by word of mouth. So if you hear an episode that you like, if you like what we're talking about... Uh, please just uh, let someone know. Let someone know that we exist. Let someone know that we're out there on the interwebs. And uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be fantastic. You know, any anything to help grow out grow our show here. Yeah. Matt, nah, you want to kick this off? We're gonna kick this off with a big topic. Uh, the 2020 Oscars. Right, that thing happened.
0: Yeah, man. Where the fuck do you start with something like this? What do you think? I guess best film. That's that's a. Yeah, best picture go, overall, yeah, let's let's
1: let's, let's just start off big right like i mean like who, who let's let's not bury the bury the lead here right best picture um this was the first year that i watched the entire oscars all all the way through oh <laughs> um, really <laughs> yeah i mean like i was sitting there you know doing my actual like work and like i had like a live stream on my phone and like i had a headphone in so i was actually like listening to like all the all the speeches and all the awkward moments and man there there were there are quite a few awkward moments. It wasn't the great greatest, like, telecast. It's just it's just some things are just weird. Like, some of the actors don't really know what to do. Like, for example, right, uh, and this isn't an actor thing. This is more like a, a Dolby Theatre thing. Like, they're giving Best Picture and, you know, they managed to get out, like, you know, two lines of, like, thanks. And then they literally, like, turn the lights off on them. Like, on, on stage. And, you know, you got people, like, in the front row, like Charlize Theron and Tom Hanks, literally, like, you know, like like trying to get the, the, the Dobby Theatre guys to turn the lights back the fuck on. Because, you know, like... Also, like, what does it look like, right? Like, I mean, Joaquin Phoenix just won Best Actor, like Best Actor for Joker, and he goes on like about this like massive speech. You know, he talks about milk and shit. Like, he had a bit of a weird (laughs) speech, but I mean, you know, I guess he's he's a
0: weird guy. He's a weird guy.
1: He is a weird guy. And like, look, I I liked his metaphor, like about the milk, uh, you know, and how we take from the earth and don't never give back. Um, And then you know, he ended up quoting his late brother uh, River Phoenix, which was also very touching. But, yeah, like, you know, it's 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 weird. It's weird. Uh, it, it might it might be better served off or served with a host. Like, there's no host, and it just feels a little awkward and clunky. But, anyway, man, I digress. Let's get into the yeah, best it's picture. It's funny.
0: This is the first year I did not watch it all the way through. It mostly just picked up. I, I watch every year. I watch it all the way through, often live, not always, but often. Yeah. And, um, honestly, the thing I look most forward to besides the winners is the opening monologues and stuff and, that's why I miss having a host. Like, damn, Kevin Hart—he fucked it up for everybody. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I do miss a host. Yeah,
1: it was so the the opening monologue was uh, Steve Martin and Chris Rock, and it just seemed so like wooden. It mm. seemed like really kind of like manufactured, and I was like, uh yeah, I don't know about this. I mean, you yeah. guys are two amazing comedians, and it just didn't really didn't really come off as genuine. But yeah,
0: look, yeah. Let's, let's um, I also think like I I think it's worth just sort of. Talking about it, like I something occurred to me when um, Joaquin Phoenix did win because I remember when he was giving his speech, I thought it was a bit awkward as well. But I was thinking about it, and I'm like, it's he spends his whole life acting, and it's the most prestigious award. Like, what a lot of people forget about the Oscars is like, it's not just picked by the academy, like it's some company, no, they're voted by the best actors in the world, the best directors, the best producers, you know, the most, well, I know best is subjective, but the most you know, in that industry, you know, some of the most successful. So for that, that's a huge honor by their peers. It is. So, and it got me thinking about the the big Golden Globes that happened this year with Ricky Gervais. And he was like, it went really viral where he's like, take your trophy, thank you God and fuck off. He was all like, don't give a big speech. We're here to see you act, not what you. And I was just thinking as I was watching Joaquin Phoenix like present, and I'm like, nah, fuck that. If they want to, if they only get five minutes to, and it's with the biggest achievement that their career will probably ever have, they deserve to do with that five minutes whatever the fuck they want. And if they want to sacrifice their moment of glory or whatever to speak in a cause they feel t- truly passionate about, I I respect that. I it's I don't think it always makes for entertaining. And great television, but I think they deserve to be able to say whatever they want. And well, um, yeah,
1: here's my thoughts on it, right? Like, and I, um, like, let's not talk about this for too long. But uh, so these guys, <laughs> like you said, man, this is a prestigious award, right? Like you've got millions of people watching you. You're going to you're going to use this as a platform to you know inspire people right like you're going to use this as like a jumping off point to reach out to people who are watching this like you know think about young kids right think about young kids who are watching this and you know they they see the message that you know Joaquin's putting out there and you know they're inspired by it, right? Because they're they're inspired by this guy who you know. Sure, it's for the Joker that the kids probably shouldn't have seen, but like you know, <laughs> it's 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 inspiring. I mean, and and it's just it's people like this who actually have status in the world, and people who can actually you know convey a message on a massive massive scale, and reach out to people on a massive massive scale that you know sometimes are the force for change, right? So. Yeah. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm hundred percent on board with you. Um, I, I don't really, I mean, sure what Ricky Gervais said was controversial and different. And that's why a lot of people really latched onto it was because it was different. Um, but I don't really agree with, with Gervais kind of like, you know, little outburst, but, um, all right, man, we're done. We're, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Yeah. Uh, pussy footing around, man. Let's, let's get into the best picture. Uh, the big one of the night. Um, and I, I I talked to you about this uh, on an episode um, and like I know we don't really like talking about it, but we actually had a recently lost episode. <laughs> we talked about the nominations right and we were talking about the the uh, the best picture nominees and you know we both chose 1917 right like we were selected in 1917 before the Oscars were uh, before the Oscars were given out is that right?
0: Yeah 100 percent.
1: Yeah, So, but I did... Okay, so on that episode, and I hate being like, oh, you know what, I, I was right. I I put forward the theory that Parasite might have a chance, and by the way, Parasite ended up winning. Parasite might have a chance because, uh, A, the Oscars have an opportunity to make history here, right? Like, they're, they're probably going to look at that and be like, okay, that this might be an opportunity, let's jump on it. But B, and probably the most important one, In a year where the Academy has been kind of like, you know, given some backlash considering the lack of diversity among the groups, uh, among the categories, so, you know, best director, there's no females in there, like, that was a big thing. This is an opportunity for the Academy to give Parasite, a foreign film, best picture, and therefore kind of like, kind of like vindicating themselves, right? Right. That, that that's kind of like the theory like i don't i'm 100% not mad by the way that parasite one i thought it was 100% deserving as well
0: so. i yeah it, it was definitely not my pick and it definitely wasn't my favorite um but i actually i, I heard a uh, alternate theory on um i think it was on twitter that i thought it was very interesting i think it's worth sharing cuz something i i want to constantly remind people is that the academy isn't a person who goes? Oh well, this is political. So maybe we should do that. It's a group of people. So you got to. So in order to go that way, a group of people's mindset has to go a certain way, which is possible. So I'm not saying it's impossible. But I was reading this thing on Twitter, which um, and so, and I'm paraphrasing here. Take it with a grain of salt. But apparently, like, the way the Oscars voting system works, it's a lot like um, like I guess how voting is in Australia, right, for like the prime minister and stuff. You don't just pick one film and that's that. Like you would with like, I know your your work bingo, I know whatever thing, it's,
1: right? It's called a preferential um, ballot.
0: Yeah, it's a preferential ballot. So so while a lot of people, like some people were a bit surprised with Parasite, it doesn't mean that everyone picked one. It could have been Parasite got the most number twos and threes and that out goes number one. You know, that's a strong possibility too. It's basically, it's not about finding the best film. It's about finding the least hated film, and that's how you find what really is the best film. And it's kind of like the most foolproof way to do it.
1: Um, it foolproof? I mean, is that the best system?
0: Well, it could be, because if 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 ten people think it's within the top three, but only three people think it's in the top one, then majority rules, right? Um, so I, I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's pretty good. It but yeah, and I think it's I think it's very believable. In such a contested year that with so many that were worth number one spot, that something won because a lot of people thought it was the second best or something like that, which still is a fucking honor. I'm not yeah. putting any diss to Parasite. I'm just saying that's something i read that's a possibility. I yeah. low key like wrote one in 1917, but I would have loved it, loved it, loved that it Jojo Rabbit won. Um, I, don't I think it had a chance. Uh, it probably didn't, but I fucking loved it. I'm glad Taika got something, man. And you can use that as a segue. <laughs>
1: yeah, so Taika Waititi ended up going home with, what, two or one? I think one Oscar, right?
0: I think it was one.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, that's that's fucking awesome, dude. I love that Taika Waititi is now an Oscar winner. Like, he's, yeah. just, he's just so... He's just such a force to be reckoned with, man. Like, every movie he's put out, all four films that I've seen... Um, it's just he, he's he's just got such a an amazing voice, right? And not just in film, but in so on social media as well. Like he's kind of getting out there, and he's just he's amongst it. He's um he's super positive, he's super hilarious, and uh, he's just he's just one of those directors that you're just really really glad to have won an Oscar.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I I was rooting for him. I didn't know what I wanted him to win, but I wanted him to win something just because. I fucking love him so much. He's right. he's won- coming. Like, he quickly came into like the public's eyes, and we all just fell in love with him immediately. And it's yeah. crazy think This Oscar winner's next project is a, another Marvel film.
1: I Fuck know. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Um. So he won. He won the Oscar for best adapted screenplay. The best original screenplay went to Parasite. Um. So it's not like this every year, but generally the winners of best adapted screenplay or best. Original screenplay will go on to win the best picture. So when Parasite took out best original screenplay, I was like, "Oh, okay, hold (laughs) up, where we might have a we might have a game changer here," because that's what happened with Green Book last year. Like you know, Green Book was definitely one hundred percent not the favorite to win uh, best picture, but then once you know it won best original screenplay, it was like, "Oh fuck!" Sorry, best adapted screenplay. It was like, "Oh fuck, what the fuck?" Um, Best animated feature, Toy Story four, right?
0: Fuck yeah, well-deserved.
1: Best Supporting Actor, Brad Pitt, man. I am happy about that.
0: (laughs) I don't think anyone on the planet is disappointed with that choice. That's a good good win.
1: That's a good win. Um, Let's talk about Best Supporting Actress, Laura Dern, right? I mean, she fucking killed it as the lawyer in The Marriage Story.
0: Uh, She won the um, Golden Globe for that same thing, She
1: did as well. She did, yeah. Um, Actually, most of the ones that won the Oscar won the Golden Globe beforehand. Um, not all, but most. Uh, it was actually, the Golden Globes were actually a pretty good indicator this year. Um, I don't really agree that they are every year, but this year for sure. Mm. Um, best Cinematography. This one was basically a lock, right? 1917. You can't really go basically around Basically a lock.
0: It was a guarantee. It was a yeah. free space. against yeah. the bingo. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. Dude, okay. I, and I watched this again for the second time the other night. Best Sound Editing and Best Editing. Right, Ford v Ferrari, two Oscars. I was like, okay, I was like blown away, dude. Best sound editing and best editing. I, I had, I had best editing as one of my locked categories for nineteen seventeen. I was like, there's no way nineteen seventeen is gonna lose this. Like the amount of stitching in that movie to make it look
0: seamless. Uh, like it just. It, I want to pause you there and correct you. Um, nineteen seventeen was not nominated for best film edit. Wait, what? Hold up, that's what I'm looking at here. Oh,
1: okay. Hold on, thinking,
0: hold on, you might be thinking of something else.
1: Yeah, I think I'm thinking of. Wait, that's weird. I swear to God, I thought it was. No, it was
0: in for sound mixing. Mm. Um, I think for the Golden Globes, though, it was nominated for best End. Yeah, yeah, that's weird to me. Um, but for me, for me, I will say I've heard that argument put through a lot, mm. and I I feel like you could argue because the way that they did a lot of those cuts were by like having objects block the screen. So maybe that could even... For- that's the oh, point. no, Special dude, effects, I, I
1: disagree. I mean, there's like... Okay, so Deacon said there's nine... Like, the longest shot in that movie was nine minutes, right? That did not cover the screen for that long. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, like that yeah. it'd
0: be for split seconds, but there's a, there's a, there's a technique where you can mask something. Yeah. So you have an object come and then, like, you sort of split the screen through cropping. Well,
1: that's and, probably why I won best of visual effects, right?
0: Well, potentially... Um, yeah. But you could also like you kind know, of stuff like that. Like, I don't know what the fuck you credit for. It could be special effects, but it could also be an, in a way directing, or it could be special, or it could be, uh, it could be a variety of things. It could even be editing as well. Um, but I think overall, I would credit that maybe to director Cause you have to have the vision to think of that, but maybe it's cinematography as well, because you know, you got to frame the shot to set that up in order to help tell the story. Um, so I honestly, I, I, I don't know how how that is to, to judge, but regardless of whatever the fuck it is, it's impressive as hell.
1: It is, one hundred percent. I
0: will I will talk about nineteen seventeen for the next twenty years One hundred percent,
1: dude. Uh, best original score, Joker, right? Really, really yeah, well deserved, actually, I
0: thought. Yilda. I do think I do think Joker got way too many noms than it deserved, but it definitely earned that one. It was a really fucking good score.
1: Yeah, we disagree very hard on Joker, and I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but... <laughs> yeah.
0: And uh, and obviously, best actor, well-earned.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, that was also the other lock, right? I mean, no one else was yeah. going to take him down for that. Uh, best actress, Renee Zellweger. I uh, have not seen Judy, but she was the one getting the most hype um, mm. on the way. Her speech, by the way, was garbage. It was <laughs> so bad, dude. It was just so... It was just rambling... And like the, you know, there was like you know, there was no message or anything like, which is kind of a little refreshing. But it was just boring, dude. I'm just like, ugh, get me out of here. Um, all right, and this is the one that I'm kind of most uh, annoyed at. If I'm if I'm gonna if I'm gonna if I'm gonna say anything, uh, and this is the one that kind of like it was a little controversial because Best Director was the most stacked category of the year, right? You got Martin Scorsese for The 100%. Irishman. Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes for 1917, Quentin Tarantino once upon a time in Hollywood, and then Bong Joon-ho for Parasite, who ended up taking uh, taking home the statue. Um, dude, that is so stacked. That is this, so stacked. This is Mendes's category. Like, I, if you're going to give Sam Mendes a, a an Oscar for anything, it's this movie. And I, th- I honestly think that he directed the best movie of the year. Like, he did the best job directing. Like, I, I can't... I'm in agreement, yeah. S- I can't see... I mean, I can't... Like, Parasite is incredible to me. I love, I love Parasite. I've seen it four times now. Um, wow. Yeah. I, I bought it, dude. Like, it came out on digital, and I was like, I'm buying this. Uh, Quentin did an amazing job with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Todd Phillips, of course, and Martin Scorsese, of course, as well. But... Yeah, Sam Mendes, uh, like just pulling that movie together and just the amount of like effort it must have taken and just how personal that story was to him considering that it was told by his grandfather. I I don't know. I would give that one to Sam Mendes and I'm actually a little shocked.
0: <laughs> I, I think honestly um, I, Sam Mendes yeah, deserved it, but I wouldn't have been upset if it went to Todd Phillips or Quite Martin absurd. Scorsese. Actually, uh, Todd Phillips. I don't know. I don't now. Yeah, probably Martin Scorsese or Sam Mendes were my, were my top, my top uh, picks. I would have rather Todd Phillips over Tarantino. I think
1: that's um, interesting. My, my my two would have been Mendes and Tarantino, right behind him.
0: I don't know. Like I just feel like the whole concept of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I feel is like you know how that story came out where they might make a TV show on it or something. I heard that. I'm like, oh, of course. Like, I feel like that type of story is much better suited to TV.
1: Well, hold on. Now you're talking about screenplay. Now that's not directing, right?
0: Mm, True, but does not the director have the vision? Yeah, like it's 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 on the fence of that. You, You you got a point. You got a point. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't know. Like, I don't see it. I think you know what? It's it's unfair because I look at it and I go, not Tarantino's best work. But you gotta, I got to remind myself, Tarantino's mediocre work is still better than 90% of the directors you're going to fucking see out there, you know? Because you shouldn't compare Tarantino to Tarantino. You should compare Tarantino to his, like, others, you know? I think um, I just internally uh, was a bit more critical on Tarantino because he's such a fucking legend. It's kind of like the way we talk about Star Wars, you know? We hold Star Wars to a high standard because it's fucking Star Wars. So while something like, I don't know, The Rise of Skywalker... People caught shit compared to other Star Wars movies. Look at to other like big sci-fi blockbusters. Like, hey, fuck you! It's a fun movie, you know. Um, I should never compare that movie to Tarantino again, though. So I, apologize. <laughs> I definitely apologise for all the listeners out. Dude, there. people are picking up their
1: pitchforks and everything, dude. Like, you got to be careful.
0: Listen to my point, not my words.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that basically covers it, right? I mean, like, there's no other category that I'm really you know, yeah. that passionate about. Um, there is one thing I want to mention, though. This is the second time at the Academy Awards that Martin Scorsese has gone zero for ten. <laughs> zero for ten. The other one was Gangs in New York. So ten nominations, zero wins. That is astounding to me, and, you know, I think in any other year, the Irishman will clean up. Like, you know, if you didn't have Joker, if you didn't have 1917, yeah. if you didn't have Parasite... The Irishman would have killed this year, you know?
0: This was one of the more competitive years I've seen the Oscars. Like
1: Oh, 100%. Compared especially
0: Compared to even last year, this is like twice as competitive as last year for sure.
1: Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. But, yeah.
0: It was a good year for movies.
1: It was, dude. It's a, it's a good time to be a movie fan. Let's hope this year holds up as well. Um, let's move on to our first trailer of the, the, the episode. Let's talk about this movie, right? <laughs> Let's about this movie. The Green Knight, or is it just Green Knight? I think it's just Green Knight, right? Um, no,
0: it's I The Green Knight. Green Knight. Might be The Green Knight, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll tell you my first initial reactions to this trailer. Um, I saw it. Um, I think you'd shared it in the after party. Uh, make sure you join that if you're listening on Facebook. Um, and I'm like, oh, it's another fucking Robin Hood movie. No, thanks. And I didn't even watch past the first couple seconds because I was like- I'm so over this fucking Robin Hood shit. I feel like we get a new movie every year by a new director, and they all suck. Um, and then I found out it's not a Robin Hood film. It's just another medieval film based on an like an old property um, from like way back when. Um, that just happened. They just both are connected to some color, I guess. So okay, I'll watch it. And um, look, medieval movies aren't really my thing, but I definitely think this has a really cool visual style. And that's hooked me. And um, the guy's name is it Dev Patel. Is that his name? Dev Patel. In line. And he was in Lion, right?
1: He he was in line, Yes, he was the lead. Yeah,
0: I am. I am. I am keen to see more of him. So, um, well, it's not my genre. I think I'm going to check this one out. But you seem really hyped for this.
1: I'm so hyped for this, dude. Um, this is okay. I am excited based on the studio alone. This is an A24 film. A24. Yeah. Just knock it out of the park. It seems like pretty much every time. Like, I mean, they've got the lighthouse out right now, which is, I, I'm i dying to see. It's not, it's not, actually, it's not out here in the, in Australia yet, I think. But um, yeah, A24 just kill it, dude. Like they did Uncut Gems, you know, they're, they're, they're solid. Um, but yeah, this is, dude, let me read you the synopsis. This is, I am so down for this. A fantasy adventure based on the Arthurian legend, the Green Knight tells the story of Sir G- G- Gawain, King Arthur's, rec- <laughs> King Arthur's reckless and headstrong nephew who embarks on a quest to confront the eponymous Green Knight, a gigantic green, green-skinned stranger. Um, Yeah, sign me up, dude. I mean, Dev Patel, Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, I'm fucking down for this shit.
0: Hit me. I think the goal of this trailer is kind of... It's meant to capture the atmosphere, right? You yeah. say?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it trailer too... On- It seems weird, it seems like, it seems strange, it seems like, what the fuck is going on? Um, And I love, dude, I love that in a trailer. You know, especially, Mm. like, that seems like, you know, A24's bread and butter. Like, that's kind of like the whole marketing (laughs) department. Just being weird. Dude, on the the whiteboard, I guarantee you, point number one is, how do we make this weird?
0: (laughs) I love it, I love it. Yeah, I think um, trailer two could be the chance where it grabs me, but I am intrigued, which is more than I can say for most films with this type of setting. So um, my ears are raised, my eyes are open.
1: Nice. And uh, Weta, I'm reading here, Weta Digital will work on the visual effects. So Weta Digital, um, they did Avatar, they did Lord of the Rings, they're based out in New Zealand. They're a great visual effects house. So, yeah. Uh, Let's talk about. Let's talk about Dude. (laughs) Okay. Let's not. I mean, let's talk about this right off front, right? We we got a Matt Reeves, Batman, the Batman director, Bat Matt Reeves, posted something to his Instagram. Short video, but really, really revealing, really cool. Uh, first look of Robert Pattinson in the outfit, in the suit for the Batman. What'd you think?
0: Yeah, it was cool. Um, it makes me think a lot about the Joker reveal, like the Joker screen test we got as well.
1: And there's um, a birds of prey one too like a year before the movie There was.
0: Up. I forgot about that one. You're right. Yeah. So it seems to be like this is like Warner Brothers' new tactic for revealing sort of stuff in a way. And I think it's cool. It's a smart idea with these iconic characters because you do get curious of what they're going to look like. And traditionally, you normally just get a photo or something like a shitty BTS photo. And with this, they've all stylized it and it looks cool. Um, and this definitely does look cool. This looks like... Okay, well, first of all, the first thing that strikes me is... The choice of red lighting. And it just gets me, gets my brain thinking like, what does this mean? How's this tied into the themes? What do they want us to think? And the music, is this original music made for this or is this?
1: Correct. So this is our first, um, like our first sample of Michael Giacchino's score for the movie.
0: Right. It reminds me a little bit of um, one of the few things I liked about Batman v Superman was I really liked Hans Zimmer's um, take on a Batman theme, how overly epic it was and just, really big I feel like in that it was a bit too
1: I actually cannot remember over. it <laughs> I, remember, I, I, I remember Superman's one but not bad yeah,
0: it, it was it was really it was really not what you expect it to be but this retains the element of just really epic like really in your faceness I feel um it's definitely gone for something different the I think Hans Zimmer's was very more like it was like striking you this is a bit more like I don't know, not that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the main thing people want to talk about is the suit, right? Um, it's interesting. I don't think we've seen a suit like this on film, but we've seen this a lot in like video games and stuff like that. I like how it's kind of padded. It looks really... It looks like it would fit well in a type of series of movies that are going to try and appeal to like the blockbuster stuff. Like, I can see this next to Iron Man. I can see Batman fight Iron Man in the suit. Uh, it's not like super realistic and shit like, um, like uh, Christian Bale. It's not overly cartoony like the George Schumacher films. Um, Honestly, this is something Joel. I would have liked. Uh, Joel M- Schumacher, sorry. Um, But it's something I probably would have preferred the Justice League films that Zack Snyder ones go with. I think putting him next to um, Ezra Miller's The Flash, it would make sense. Um, But it's, it's Matt Reeves as well. So I don't expect him to make a movie... Like those too much, so I'm very interested because I feel like with this style it makes me think we're going to get a real stylized film, which is like Matt Reeves is he has a style to him, but I wouldn't say it's like this. So I'm really interested to see how this goes into the rest of the film and how the characters around him look, and if this even is a good indicator for that. Um, and the last thing to talk about, I think, is. A lot of people pointing out like they're not showing you the horns, that like the top of the mask. I wonder what that means. Some people say maybe it's like, like in Gotham he didn't have the horns. He was just like this is sort of like a bald cap almost. I hope not, but um, I'm I wonder why if that was intentional. Like, that will Wanted to, yeah. I I don't know. I imagine they just have the horns and just didn't want to show it or something. But yeah. Um, but overall, he looked good in the suit. Well, what do you gonna say? He looks like Batman. Um, what do you reckon?
1: I think, yeah, I think this screen test, I mean, the camera test actually shows quite a bit. I mean, like, you know, first first of all, like, Michael, you know, I'm, I'm a big music person and a big, you know, composer person. And I love Michael Giacchino. So it was really awesome to hear that score. Like, it, it sounded very, it sounded haunting without being brooding. Like, very, like, you know, overall, mm. like, super dark, you know. Uh, <laughs> darkness, no parents, like that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And so I really, I really enjoyed it. I really, um, I'm glad we got a, a taste of that. Um, the suit as well looks fantastic. I think it actually reminded me a lot of Arkham Knight. Um, because Arkham yeah, Knight's sad. suit reminds me of like, you know, like like the plates kind of move wherever he kind of wants them to, or like how he's kind of like you know, you know, moving or like you know, dealing combat. Like you know what I mean? Um mm. it, it kind of like, you know, we gotta look at that shoulder pad. It looks very metallic, looks very solid and sturdy. Doesn't look like fabric or fiber, like um, you know, like the Justice League. Which is suit. good. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's something different, exactly. So I really enjoyed that. What I do want to talk about is the the chess piece, the chess logo. Um so Rick in the after party posted uh this theory that's going around the internet right now, um, that the chest insignia it might be made out of Joe Chill's gun that killed his parents that Maybe. that to me is awesome I am so down for that addition because it just adds I mean like I'm sure it's been done in the comics before but it just adds so much to the character of Batman like it's, it's kind of like a, a reminder of like why he does what he does why he like you know puts on the suit yeah. and goes out every night and you know beats criminals to death <laughs> <laughs> So I really really appreciate that if that's the case. And it and it does look like to you know like like he's put like he's yeah. kind of cracked open a gun and like you know like put one to each side. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Um the the red light I think people are just kind of like looking into that a little bit. <laughs> I don't Maybe. um uh, there's not much where I could really get from that besides like you know just a, just a just a kind of like atmospheric light. <laughs> like I can't really <laughs> pick up anything else. Um, well, I think it was it's
0: close th- to Valentine's Day, so maybe they want us to, like, fall in yeah. love with Batman a little
1: bit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, the first Deadpool came out on Valentine's Day, so maybe Valentine's Day, red, it's a thing, you know? Um, <laughs> um, Robert Pattinson looks great. Like, he's got the chin, like, he's got the kind of, like, the sturdiness, the brooding down. Yeah. Like, uh, I dig it, man. <laughs> he looks I've cool. I've always
0: said the key to a good Batman is a good chin. I've, I have I've honestly have said that. Many times. Um, and I think he's, he does have, a, he has a chin and I like how he's definitely a younger Batman. Um, and I, I, you know, I wanted to play it for a while. I, I just want to also say, I think one of my big problems with how Warner brothers has treated, not just Batman, but the whole Batman franchise is ever since Chris Nolan knocked it out of the park, they've been so fucking, they've been, I think, confused of what to do with the success I think they... At first, they were like, okay, we're going to sort of have to emulate this. They tried doing that with Man of Steel by trying to attach Chris Nolan to that any way they could. And hit or miss, it wasn't exactly the same. You let's say that. And then, I guess when they did Suicide Squad, they realized they have to do the complete opposite for Joker. So that's, I think, probably why they wanted to focus more on Harley Quinn. And the, but then I had all that fucking problems with that. And that was kind of a swing and a miss. A huge swing and a miss. And then... I feel like with Ben Affleck, um, it was a cool concept way to be a different Batman. Like the idea of it's an older Batman who's been through some shit. So the way they can sort of introduce him in a way where they don't have to fully introduce him. But unfortunately it was a bunch of shitty films. And I want to be honest, I think um, Ben Affleck did not make like a good Bruce Wayne. Um, that might also come down to the way it was directed and the writing and stuff. But I just, I just, he he was dead to me. He had no personality i didn't love it but to be honest the the main the 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 most boring part about batman a lot of it is batman like it's more about like it's not his personality what brings us to him it's more about how he deals with his bizarre enemies because he has the best rogues gallery no matter what and and the way that he handles things and stuff like which i guess in a way is also his personality but i just really had trouble connecting with ben affleck's batman um so I'm really keen to see like a younger, probably more charismatic in his own way, maybe actor. Oh, I can't remember I said that, but still, I'm I'm on board with that version of Batman. So I, I plus Matt Reeves directing this, fuck yeah! I, th- I think we're in for a good movie.
1: Oh, dude, 100 percent, man. I'm, I'm- also,
0: I'm really stoked that Riddler's in this next movie. I've been wanting a good live-action Riddler for a while now. I love him in the Arkham games, and I want I want I want a good Riddler. Good
1: yeah. Riddler? I just recently rewatched um Prisoners and Paul Dano is is the guy playing um the Riddler and man I cannot wait to see him play the Riddler <laughs> like he's just such a good okay. low-key actor. He's also in, you know, There Will Be Blood. He's just he's top notch. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really keen to see Colin Farrell as Penguin. Like I I, yeah. I want to see how they like what direction they take the Penguin in cuz Colin Farrell is just he's awesome. I dig him.
0: <laughs> I I've said this before and I'll say it again on the podcast, but one of the best Batman stories I've seen is, if you guys want to play a game, uh, the Batman, the Telltale one, season one, uh, is a really, what they do is, it's more about Bruce Wayne than Batman, and they've changed up a lot of the character dynamics. And then there's Bruce and Penguin, or Oswald, they were childhood friends, because they both come from rich families, right? Because their families were friends, but they both went like in different directions, and like they have a really cool relationship in that game. Highly recommend it for anyone who wants a good Batman story. Season two uh, has a really interesting take on Joker, so unique. But they they were like fuck the canon. They really changed it up. But season one in particular really interesting. Um, that's a really good Penguin.
1: Cool. All right, man. Let's move on. Let's move on to Spiral from the Book of Saw. One of the weirdest titles of all time, Matt. what did you yeah. think of? What'd you think of the first look at
0: Spiral? Um, so we heard about this a while ago, right? Chris Rock doing Saw, um, sounded weird as fuck. A lot of it makes sense now because um, he's really big in like a lot of his comedy is about race and stuff. And the way that he's trying to kind of Jordan peel it by incorporating racial elements into this, it kind of makes sense. Like, so it's a copycat killer, probably why they're calling it Spiral and not Saw or Jigsaw. Um, it's like it looks like it's a copycat killer, um, but it's only killing cops, which is an interesting take in the Saw metho- methodology. Because like um, he often killed people who didn't value life or value their life, and they had a choice to save themselves. I don't know if they're going to do the same thing here, but you can do a lot with that. So I think it's a really interesting concept, um, and I love that it feels different, like Jigsaw. Felt like it was trying too hard to be like the old Saw's while also trying to be more hip and fresh. And that was a bit gross to me. And uh, sorry, I should prefix this. I'm a huge Saw fan. Me and one of my best mates, we used to go every year on Halloween and watch the new Saw film. It used to come out every October. We fucking loved them. And um, I know they get worse as they go on. A lot of them do. But I fucking love this franchise. And I love the fact that now we're getting... Um, iconic actors like we got Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson. Fuck yeah. Um, we're trying to deal with some more like sort of sophisticated themes. I feel like now we finally have a chance for this franchise to get taken seriously again. And I know none of the original creators are attached, that's okay as long as I make a good movie. And Chris Rock seems really passionate about this project, so please be good. Please. <laughs> um, what do you reckon?
1: Yeah, um, I, I always find it interesting when comedians transition over to drama. Like I mm. like that's that's something that really appeals to me. Like, you know, obviously Jordan Peele and Adam Sandler. Um, there's something about comedians, whenever they transition over to drama, it, it 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 works, you know, more often than not. Even Robin Robin Williams, dude, like back in the day, you know, he was obviously well known for, you know, big, you know, out like out there roles like Aladdin and Patch Adams and you know fucking like what else Flubber like in the nineties and then he did uh-huh. Goodwill Hunting right like Goodwill Hunting earned him an Oscar so it's just it's interesting to me whenever whenever actors kind of like turn on for a drama um, and I am so keen for this I'm so keen for this movie based on that alone um, just just you know the him him executive producing. Uh, and Samuel L. Jackson, you know, like the, that pairing is just great. It's 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 going to be an interesting movie, and it's definitely the most excited I've been for a Saw film. I was not excited for Jigsaw. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was,
0: that, it was a letdown,
1: it was a tremendous disappointment, dude. I was just like, oh, good God, get me out of this. But yeah, really, this, this seems weirdly fresh. Um,
0: right? So fresh compared yeah. to the others, at least. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. Um, and you know, I, I want to see what Chris Rock can do. I want to see what Chris Rock can bring to a, dr- a more dramatic role. Um, I'm, I'm more excited for this based on the trailer for the next upcoming season of Fargo because he's the lead in the next season of Fargo. Wow. And I'm just, I'm just like, goddamn man, like Chris Rock, what the fuck? Like, you know, you're, you're doing more dramatic shit, and I'm, I'm liking it. You know, I'm liking what I'm seeing. So, it's uh let's see how we go. I'm definitely. Definitely keen for it, but I'm not. I'm not digging that title. Like you know, I'm, I'm not really digging Spiral from the Book of Saw. I don't know why. I just uh, yeah. I mean, like from the Book of Saw sounds like a studio note. Like it sounds like need it uh, it is
0: yeah, hundred percent. It's yeah. he, what it is. He probably wanted to call it Spiral, and they're like, well, how are people going to know it's from Saw? Right, spin off. Right, like maybe it would have been better off just calling it Jigsaw Spiral or or Saw Spiral or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it could be also be a rights thing.
1: Right, exactly. But I mean, I think it's safe to say that we're both uh, some someone excited. Um, the director of this movie is Daryl Darren Lynn Boozman, who directed Saw Two. Um, Saw Two was one of the better ones in the franchise. So yeah, let's let's see how we go with that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you know, I, I would have much preferred a, a fresh director, like someone else completely new, unattached to the franchise but um yeah we'll see how we go all
0: right man well, so, yeah so Two was one of the better
1: ones man. it was yeah i mean i in my opinion i think they could just kind of like you know it started off like strong and then just kind of will nosedive from there <laughs> just oh
0: sorry i'm realizing uh he directed a couple swords actually i think imdb he he, did he did, i think did, sure he did and produce them imdb says he did three and four as well that can't be you really? Darren? Yeah. Looks like he had three, two, three, and four. What the
1: fuck? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, um. Mm. yeah, he did do two, three, and four. Oh, no. And he also did 11, 11, 11.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, You know what? Baby. Did he write them, though? That's the question. You know what? We're going too much into this. But, um, <laughs> at least he knows how to, at least he knows the. The, the approach to Saw. He's done a couple times.
1: Right. Well, the the, the, writers, the writers don't give me that much hope either. I mean, they wrote Piranha. <laughs> and hey,
0: man, that's a good bad movie.
1: Yeah, but that's also a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they also wrote Jigsaw too, so, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: But Story by Chris Rock, isn't it?
1: I think so. I think so. All right, let's move on, dude. Let's talk about Wes Anderson's *The French Dispatch*. This trailer dropped this week. Um, man, th- this is, of course, a cast that Wes Anderson can pull together, right? Holy shit! Uh, what do you this think? Of is, this
0: this is, of course, a movie Wes Anderson made. Like, it's like every shot is trying to remind you it's a Wes Anderson film. <laughs> like all the, gen- all the, all the tropes, like all his weird camera, ang- like framing of camera angles and shit. Like, it's so very Wes Anderson. Oh, it's all there. It's clear as day. If they didn't include his name on it, you would still know who it is. It is definitely, just like how a Tarantino film looks like a Tarantino film, this looks like a Wes Anderson film.
1: Right. This, and honestly,
0: this, that's the main thing I took away from it.
1: No, me too. Exactly. Like, I mean, you know, I didn't really learn much from the trailer, which I like, you know, I didn't really learn anything. Um, besides it's a star-studded cast, besides the fact that it's Wes Anderson, West, sorry, Wes Sorry. Wes Anderson uh, channeling his Grand Budapest Hotel because that's what it looks like. Like, just, yeah. um, you know, Timothy Chalamet, Saoirse Ronan, Lea Seydoux, Elizabeth Moss, Edward Norton, Willem Dafoe, Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, Bill Murray, Adrian Brody, Owen Wilson, Benicio Del Toro, Francis McDormand. And that's just where the the IMDB page cuts off. <laughs> like, I mean, I can keep going. You know, Jeffrey Wright, Leo Schreiber, Jason Schwartzman, Angelica Houston, like I, I uh, Henry Winkler, the Fonz, is in this movie. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, this is I, I'm excited for this, man. I'm always excited for a Wes Anderson picture.
0: Yeah, honestly, I got really nothing else to say other than yeah, it's me
1: definitely too. Wes Anderson. Me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, let's get to the last item that we have to talk about, right? And we don't have that much more to say, seeing as it's only about a minute long. But at least we know Stranger Things 4 is on its way, right?
0: <laughs> like, was it ever not? Like, Netflix are like, right. they love Stranger Things.
1: That's like their flagship um, series, I think.
0: Uh, I'd say right now it is, yeah, mm. um, probably. Um, what,
1: the reason yeah. I wanted to talk about this was, what do you think about the uh, about the decision to reveal that Hopper is coming back in a teaser?
0: I, I think we already knew. Like, every fan oh, kind it of It was teased
1: at the end is. of 3, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I feel like I may as well get it out of the way. It'd be cool if they didn't tease it before because um, I think the internet would have blown up more now. But maybe it would have been better as a surprise or I don't know. I kind of just ultimately don't care. Um, really? It's Like, Like this trailer doesn't feel like Stranger Things. Nothing about Stranger Things that makes Stranger Things Stranger Things is seen here other than one actor or like for the most part, at least, um, like it's kind of cool. I, what I am curious about is, um, is the whole show going to take place in Russia? Is it going to be just a couple scenes and he comes back to America? Are they going to have to go to Russia? Obviously I'm guessing Russia is a big element of bad guys. And are they going to tie into political? It wasn't, it wasn't three.
1: Yeah. It's already been set up. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 It
0: kind of has. Yeah. Good point. Um, but ultimately, I hope it doesn't come down to like... I know it's like a love letter. It's like the 80s type film. So know the Russians were always big bad guys back then. I hope this doesn't become like a, a way... I hope it doesn't switch genres on us. I'm not expecting it to, but like I just... I want it to feel like Stranger Things. And I know like this doesn't feel like it overly because of like the setting and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like there wasn't much to get me excited for in this trailer, personally.
1: I am so excited. <laughs> this the, this this trailer. It's funny because this trailer had the exact opposite effect on us, which is which is crazy, dude. Because like, like I mean, obviously, what's
0: exciting you? You knew he was going to be in Russia. You see, so but
1: it's it's not that for me. Like it, it's it's the it's the way this trailer is cut together and the way the music and the vocalization works. Like I have seen this trailer like five times <laughs> because. Uh, okay, you know me, right? I love a well-edited trailer. I love a well kind of like well-crafted trailer. I love this kind of like, you know, we get these panning shots and then like you've got that really kind of like Russian like vocal, like you know that vocalization and like I love that the vocalization is timed with the the hits of the hammer. Like, you know, it kind of like pans like the shot pans across to uh to fucking Hopper. But like as we get there, you know, we see these guys in the foreground like hammering away at this rail, and each hammer sound, each hammer drop is like accompanied by like the the, the sound of the the Russian guys. Like I, I love I love yeah. that shit. Like you know I love that stuff. And then like you know we we pan up and then we like you know Hopper like takes off his hat. You know, wipes the sweat off his face, and there he is. You know, shaved head, looking like Colin Duncan without the beard. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited, dude. And then you know, cut to black, and we hear um, the 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 audio, like very soft audio of something from the other side, from the from the Upside Down, and it's Stranger Things season four. So, um, I, I think I think it's just a really well done little teaser that I'm really. That, that really kind of got me going. There, I was like, oh but that's
0: it's, yeah, it's well made. Yeah,
1: that's for sure. That that wet the appetite. There has not been, by the way, a Stranger Things trailer that has disappointed me. Like season two's trailer was absolutely incredible with the Michael Jackson um with yes. the Michael Jackson track. And then season three was also really, really good. I can't I think it was the Who um that had the backing, the the backing music. Oh, they just do such a fantastic job over there on Netflix i um, putting together these trailers, and I'm really excited. I don't. Um, I'm actually excited to see how um, the actual country, Russia, connects to the the kids. Like, I'm excited to see how Hopper, if at all, gets back to the United States, right? Or whether it's some kind of rescue
0: mission. Uh, so, Eleven's Russian, right? Like, no,
1: no, no. Eleven's not Russian. That? No, she's not. She's no? not. Okay. No, Eleven's not Russian. Um, she. Is a government experiment, uh, definitely not Russian. Uh, the way the Russians come into it is because this takes place in the 80s and that was a big, you know, it was the height of the Cold War yeah. uh, conspiracy But the theories. Russians
0: are working, aren't they working in that base, though? That's government run? No. No, no, no. no, no. Okay, so, I'm, I'm, mis- I'm, mis- I'm forgetting season three. Yeah. I'm
1: going to rewatch no, it. No, no, the, the Russians... The, the Russians weren't there. Uh, basically, what happened is, like, you know, they were underneath the mall, the shopping center. Um, and that's kind of, like, where their base of operations were, was. And they were trying to... They, they were... I think they did eventually get into that lab to try and get to the Upside Down, but that failed. Um, so, yeah, there you go. I'm really excited for this season, dude. Really, really keen for Stranger Things Season 4. Um, yeah, that's about it for uh, news... Let's say, what do you say we get into some reviews, dude?
0: Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. All right. First up, we're gonna start off with a bit of a downer. Let's get to the grudge. <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> I to be
2: making noise. Uh, uh, uh.
0: There we go. Uh, this movie is hardly any of that. That's pretty disappointing, among other things. <laughs>
1: this is the worst movie I've ever seen.
0: It's not the nun is pretty bad.
1: I think this, this was. I think this is worse than the nun. Nah, it's definitely.
0: Not. Right. I, I actually, I, I spent a long time thinking about this. Is it worse than the nun? <laughs> no. Is it as bad? Like, I honestly, I left the theater and I was like, to, I was like, with the person with, hang on, I got to figure out if I think this movie is worse than the nun. Did it have a Did did it spend half an hour doing a fucking like imaginary scene that doesn't affect the plot? No. Okay. Technically, it's better than the nut. <laughs> that was my judgment. What's my, what's, what's my number one rule in a movie? Uh, it can't bore you. It
1: can't. Yeah. It can't bore me. Right. And man, was I bored during this movie? Holy shit! This is unbelievably boring. <laughs> it was just. It was like a. It, okay. You know what? I did like some of the ideas. I liked that, you know, the grudge, you know, went to the the United States, but that's basically it. Like, you know, uh, (laughs) I just, (laughs) it was just so like, you know, the three different timelines, it felt a little convoluted. Like I literally, you know, turned to the person I was watching this with and like she was like looking at me, she's being, she's like, she looked down at her phone for like like, literally like 30 seconds, right? And you know how I am (laughs) with people who watch on their phones, like who are on their phones. But, like, she, she had a message. And then she looked up and she's like, what the fuck? Like, why, why is Harold in this now? Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know. It, like, the three timelines just felt so convoluted. It wasn't scary. There was, like, no moment in this at all that I was, like, actually afraid of. Like, there was one moment of, like, tension that I was, like, you know, kind of like, oh, I have,
0: yeah.
1: I'm feeling something here. And that was the moment when she kind of looks at the monitor and the guy is, like, following into the bathroom, like, following out of the bathroom. That's it. That's literally yeah. it. Um, other than that, man, like the, the performances were just bland. Like the story is bland. Like the way it ends is just so anticlimactic. Holy, that might have been the worst ending I've ever seen in my life. Like it's literally, oh. dude, that, that kind of like exterior shot of the house as the credits come up. What the fuck is happening here? Like, is are we going to cut to black or are we going to do anything oh, here? Oh, man,
0: heaps of movies do that shit. Uh, I don't
1: know. I like not heads. are not Not, hapes, not, like not, hapes, not the, the way, dude. Not not the way like movies don't have like a a a shot of a house and it like literally you're just staring at the house for like 20 seconds and then credits. Like you know it's it's not like it's never like that. It's never that long and it's never like dude, you should have heard the cinema. Like you should have heard the people that were like like people were genuinely confused. Like people were just oh, like
0: yeah. What? It was confusing. It was confusing. I think the director, who is terrible, by the way, and I think it may... it. Why well, I might not say it's the worst movie I've ever seen? It may be one of the worst directed films I've seen for reasons I'll get into later. But I think what he was going for and completely missed it is The Grudge wouldn't necessarily always kill you. It would just sort of mentally fuck you up when it goes for you. So when, like, The Grudge lunged at them, I don't know, it just, it just cut the silence out with the house. But it gives you no sense of... Resolu- resolution from the conflict, which is a big thing I'll talk about later. Um, but it's a if that's what they were going for, which might be giving it too much credit. Um, huge swing and a miss. It was a very confusing moment um, and very anticlimactic. Yeah. Sorry, continue. <sighs> <sighs> I've
1: got nothing to really continue about, man. This was just so painful to watch. I, I actually couldn't wait for this movie to finish. Um, I have literally got nothing good to say about it. I just I just don't like and you know what's coming? Like if you've seen the 2004 version, if you've seen Ju-On, the original, you know, like this is like this plays like kind of like the greatest hits of, of those two mm. like versions. Um and it doesn't do do them justice at all. Like the original Sam Raimi yeah. film, I I don't really think is a good movie. I think, you know, when I watched it when I was like what, 11, it was like super scary, but you know, going back to it, it's not that great of a movie, um, and this movie is just, just, just terrible, man. I uh, so this, this, this feels like a January movie. It came out in in January. It does feels like a January movie. Um, I think I'm, I'm I'm giving it a zero, dude. I have nothing good to say about this movie. Sorry.
0: Um. So this might this may possibly be one of the laziest. Films I've seen made from a major, like, release. And it's probably, I feel like it's, I don't know anything about this director, but I feel like it's directed by someone who doesn't like horror movies. Nicol- Nicholas
1: Pesky. This is his third film.
0: What's he done before that? Do you have it up with N- you?
1: Yeah, nothing, nothing huge. Uh, his directorial debut was a film called The Eyes of My Mother. Um, it didn't star anyone massive. And the second movie is called Piercing.
0: Um. It- so this is his big break, and he fucked it up, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not really that big of a break, yeah. though, right? I mean, like the third well, remake. Well, the Grudge.
0: A- well, the Grudge like used to be. It's 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 like a household name, like scary movie parody of it. Like it has brand recognition. It's not. It's not like doing like fucking Spider Man.
1: Yeah, but, but not I since like say- 2004, right? Like no one's heard of the Grudge since 2004.
0: I disagree. We've had, like, there's been like parodies. It's not, it's not super fresh. It's not Jason Voorhees, but I would say like it's about as big as, I know, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, I disagree. Or... I disagree, dude. Do you remember how big the grudge, and they still make grudge movies in Japan. So there's a fan base for it. Let me tell you something. They made, they made a movie two, three years ago. It was let, the grudge versus me, the
1: ring. Let me lay down some facts. 2004, dude. A sixteen-year-old would not have would like a sixteen-year-old was not born when Grudge was out, um, and that was the last time the Grudge was relevant. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, age like the Grudge was never. It was big. It was. It was never like Dawn of the Dead, Dawn
0: of the Dead big. Like yeah, it was. But ne- it's, it's an established franchise. Yeah. Uh yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And it I was mean, big for a while. It it had sequels and shit, and they still make it in Japan. So there's at least a cult following, but director video, right? Uh, I, I no, tomato tomato. It's, it's not even the point I'm trying to make. Right? I'm trying to talk about how this director shit. I'm not trying to talk about the <laughs> Grunge's known franchise or not, which it totally is. People know that noise. They like they know it.
1: Um, people our age know that
0: noise. Yeah, that's still a big deal. There's there's a lot of people our age out there.
1: Oh well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I I don't know, man. I just I I'm think not it's,
0: comparing it to Marvel. I or think anything.
1: it's I think it's kind of. Irrelevant now. Sorry, I don't mean to like you know throw you off
0: your. Yeah, yeah. You just completely fucked up my review, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> um. Okay. So so, ugh, where was I? Um. It's an incredibly lazy film. I feel like it was probably made to retain the rights to the Grudge because it is a well-known franchise. It's a scary movie parody, it, it's known. Okay. Anyways, right. Um. Uh. I feel like the director doesn't like horror films because it. It goes in a lot of... It pretty much gives you everything... It pretty much suggests everything you want from a horror film and then doesn't give it to you. It's a giant cocktail of bullshit. Um, so what, uh, here's a big problem with the film. There's a lot of deaths in the film. Horror fans, yay. Does, how many deaths do you see? How many murders? You have a lot of deaths, but you don't have a lot of murders. Almost every single kill happens off screen. Like the grudge goes to kill someone, cuts, and then it cuts away to the next day of detectives finding the body. It was very frustrating for me because I think it happened three or four times, which is, I'd say, three or four times too many. Um, and the movie is never trying to scare you. I think it's just trying to creep you out. But it's a remake of a horror film. You're meant to try and fucking scare us. All the attempts of creep, of like, scary shit have been done before, like the hand in the back of your hair, but they often cut away really quick away from them, which makes me think one or two things. One... The director is like, I want to do a detective film or some shit. I don't want to give. A, I don't give a fuck about this horror stuff. So they're just trying to get rid of it as quickly as possible. Or two, maybe it's some really, really, really weird studio note where they're like, actually, can you show less scary shit? We want to make it more accessible. Which is, which would be a weird note for a horror film. So it's kind of like, why the fuck are you not showing us the kills? You're not. It, there's almost no attempt at trying to build suspense. There are jump scares, which are fucking garbage. Um, and then there's a lot of them. But there's never... There's, I think there's only one scene where they try and build suspense and it's not even done very well. So which, I feel which scene, like...
1: Which Oh, I we're can't going to
0: those guys, I think those I, I think it's like a scene where someone's like scared to open a door or something. Oh, right, right. oh, you know what? No, it was um, when I think he hid in like little wardrobe thing or whatever. Um, that was, I think they were trying to build suspense there. But there was like... There were no other like usually like the, the, the basic way to scare to a scare is build suspense, hell, let us think it's coming, oh it's not coming, boom, scare us, right? That's that's like one of the classic ways. Or or do something that's psychological. And which this movie deals a lot with the psychological effects of the garage, but doesn't really do anything scary with them. So it just kind of seems like the director completely missed the point of doing a fucking horror film. Like consistently. Like it's not it's it's more busy trying to focus on the detective shit, which no one goes to see The Grudge thinking, oh, can't wait to see an insightful detective story here. No, we don't give a fuck about that. And I do feel like, like maybe the multiple timeline stuff, which felt so unnecessary, it was either trying to pad time or they were trying to build the mystery of it. But I don't give a fuck about the mystery of The Grudge, no one does. It's a fucking demon, Japanese demon thing that just scares you. Fucking make it scary. Um, I, think,
1: like, I, I always kind of like the idea of the grudge. Like I, I kind of like the idea that it's a spirit that's born out of anger and, you know, it, it, it's kind of like anger and rage. Like it's always, And it kind of clings to you and you can't really get rid of it. I, I always liked the idea of it and I didn't really think that really came across in this movie. <laughs>
0: I feel like they didn't like they 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 hinted at it and stuff, but they didn't do anything new with it, which I think is one of the big sins. Like whatever it did do, it was just right. like a watered down version of what happened before, a much watered down version of what's already happened, and that applies to a lot of things. What I will say is um, the way I saw this film. Uh, me and my girlfriend spoke about watching this film for a while because she pretty much only will watch horror films with me in the cinema, um, for the exception of maybe a few things here and there. Um, and uh, we we bought tickets to this, and then, like, 10 minutes later, I won tickets to it. So I had to get a refund and then go to a cinema that would let us see it. And by this point, we had read a bunch of reviews about how terrible it was, so we went in expecting to be fucking terrible. And we both left saying, like, it wasn't the worst movie we ever saw. We both think the first scene was fucking garbage. Like, we literally looked at each other and, like, what the fuck was that shit? <laughs> um, it was like the first scene is just the little girl. It's yeah, and it's like they they go to do a kill, but they just sort of take it away from you. But then you find out it did happen. I and, like the idea of the plastic the,
1: the, bags, but that was it, and that was the original like house as well.
0: Yeah, they, oh, I didn't know that, but like they didn't really, they didn't like. There's nothing fresh about this film. It's completely stale. It feels like they made it in a rush, um, and it's 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 not good. It just feels like, I honestly feel like the director did not like made this movie against his will or something. You know? <laughs> it's like, he clearly, like he clearly doesn't like uh, horror movies. Like if you're a fan of horror movies, right. First thing you do is you show the deaths. Right, Even if you're not allowed to show blood, you find a way to show the fucking deaths. Well, they took that away from us like three or four times. That was weird to and me then, because
1: we always saw the aftermath and the aftermath was always like super bloody and super like violent, but we never saw the, right. the act of it, right?
0: Yeah, I think the only scene where you see something is like where that um, old lady cuts her fingers off, which happens like near the end of the movie. So it's kind of like, oh, cool. We finally get something like an attempt at fear. I guess like um, and we I don't give a shit about most of these characters personal lives so uh, why are we focusing so much on that like it's just like they just chose the worst parts of this world to focus on and so it just feels like I don't know the the director does not understand what an audience for this type of film would want um, either this director or the studio either way uh, it was pretty bad. I was not incredibly bored, though. I was just disappointed because at least with every scene, it pushed the plot forward. It never stopped to do fucking nothing. And I think that's ultimately often one of the biggest sins and easiest paths to become boring. I'm giving it a two. It's still one of the lowest ratings I've ever given on this podcast. Um, But it is very, very hard to recommend. It made me mad. Um, I got frustrated with the death stuff in particular. I, like it, it it just does not feel... It feels like they're trying to creep you out and say scare you, but they're not even trying that hard right. to creep you out. Yeah. It's like, what's the point of it? I don't understand the point of this movie, you yeah. know?
1: Um, I have something funny to read to you before we move on, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Noel Murray of the LA Times. This is a review, right? Ready? Quote, This is not a fun horror picture. It's about miseries, both supernatural and mundane. And yes, it's scary. Pesci's... I think it's pronounced Pesci. That's the director's last name. Pesci's art film... Art, art film roots are evident in the movie slow burn first hour, but in the final third, the grudge piles on the explicit gore and jump scares, all leading to a final scene and final shot as terrifying as anything in the original series. If the angry, vengeful ju ghosts must endure, they might as well be deployed by someone who knows how to make their attacks bruising. Wow, I'm not reading the LA Times ever. <laughs> I just... Are you kidding me?
0: Ugh. I, I had, I had heard of that review, um, before. To be honest, really, that's um, interesting. Oh, well, I, I'd, I'd seen it. Or I, well, I hadn't know that full review, but I'd seen a quote from it about like. Oh, like, really? Like, um, because I have
1: another one. Richard Whittaker of the Austin Chronicle. I disagree. <laughs> and, and look, look, dude, Richard Whittaker's is worse. An upper tier addition to a long, an upper tier addition to a long-running horror franchise that arguably deserves better than a January, January release. No, I think this is perfectly placed in January, my friend.
0: It's it's aggressively a January movie. Aggressively, um, absolutely. Aggressively. That's the only way to describe it. It's a January film. They may as well call it The January.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, all right, man, that's the grudge. Uh, I'm going to just briefly talk about Richard Jewell... Uh, before we head into our Birds of Prype, uh review. Stop trying to be their best friend. I was raised to respect authority. Authorities are looking to eat you alive. There's a bomb in
0: Centennial Park.
1: We have 30 minutes. I'm sorry, what?
0: His accusers are two of the most powerful forces in the world. The United States government and the media.
1: I do want to help y'all on law enforcement too.
0: There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. So
1: Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell is directed by Clint Eastwood. And uh, he was 89 years of age when he made this movie, dude. (laughs) That guy is just pumping them out. And he had the mule like the year before last. Sorry, last year. Literally last year. Like this is a director who just works. Like all he does is just works for a living. Uh, It's in his blood. Uh, If you don't like, I mean, if you don't know Clint Eastwood, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I've seen quite a few Clint Eastwood movies now. Like the guy's got like a hell of a resume when it comes to directing alone, uh, let alone starring in films. Um, and if you're not familiar with Richard Jewell, Richard Jewell is a movie. Uh, it's based on a true story. Basically, it's about the 1986 uh, Atlanta Olympics, and what happened was a bomb went off at the Olympics, uh, and the security guard there uh, named Richard Jewell. Uh, he actually found the bomb and he started warning people and he told you know, the police and the police started clearing the area. But, of course, the bomb actually detonated. And what actually happened was the FBI launched an investigation against Richard Jewell and used insane confession tactics um, against Richard Jewell, who is kind of like a bit of a simple person, like he's not really the smartest person out there. He's very easygoing, he's very laid back. Um, he kind of, like, believes the best in people. But at the same time, he's also very stupid. Like, he's very uh, ignorant about things. He doesn't really realise that what he's doing is incorrect. Um, he He's not on the spectrum. It's tough. It's tough to tell whether he's on the spectrum or not. Um, because, you know, plenty of times during the movie he showcases a lot, like, a high level, high level of intelligence, whereas some other times he comes off as a fucking weirdo um, so it, it, like the movie kind of like puts forward a pretty good like argument for both sides but I mean the way the movie is structured is we actually see the event and we actually see Richard Jewell find the bomb like we don't see like the aftermath of it or anything like that we actually see him do it in real time in the movie so the way it's framed it's like it's kind of like the movie saying okay well he definitely did it he definitely found the bomb because we saw it you know what I mean it's not kind of like the aftermath and then like we're just kind of going through like a flashback um, of Richard saying that he actually found the bomb and we're kind of like left up to our own like decisions or our own, our own minds as to whether he actually did find the bomb or he actually had a place a part in it. Um, the the cast in this movie is great, man. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser is the guy that plays Richard Jewell. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser is from I, Tonya. He's been in a few things. He's really great. Um, Sam Rockwell is in this movie. Sam Rockwell just <laughs> absolutely knocking it out and, Knocking it out of the park and everything he's in, uh, Olivia Wilde, John Hamm, both are excellent as well. Um, and Kathy Bates was nominated for a Best Actress uh, award for this film as well, and she's also really good as Richard Jewell's mother. Um, I, I overall, I don't think it's a must see. Um, it's it's good. It's it, it's a very straightforward film, and Sam Rockwell is the lawyer who's trying to get Richard Jewell out of this like legal issues, and you know as a lawyer it's kind of like interesting to watch movies like this to see how things are are played out in film um and from my perspective it's really interesting but others might find it you know a bit dry and very straightforward and stale um it i thought it was a little better than the mule i wasn't a particular big fan of the mule um but i i I did enjoy this movie wouldn't go back and rewatch it anytime soon um it's not you know it's not Clean Up so it's Best. It's not Million Dollar Baby. It's not Grant Torino. It's not Unforgiven. Um, it, it falls somewhere in the middle, somewhere around Sully, um, probably around that area. So, yeah, I'd probably give it maybe a six. Yeah.
0: It looks like an interesting story, but, yeah.
1: It is. It is. I just don't really know if it's a story that needed to be told or anything like that because it's not particularly interesting. Like, Sully, on paper, is an interesting – like, I had the same issue with Sully, actually – Um, do you remember that movie, Sully? Uh, no. So that's the movie where Tom Hanks plays the, uh, real life kind of like pilot who actually landed, uh, a plane in the middle of, uh, New York in the harbour, uh, in the river. And, uh, that was after a bird strike. So the bird, a bird, birds flew through the, the propeller of a plane and the engine kind of like cut out and he had to land the plane in the, in the, in the, in the river. Um, and that's literally it. That's, that's, that's the story. But, you know, Clean Eastwood ended up making a two-hour film about this and it just kind of felt like there's not enough material here. Like, it seems like you're kind of stretching this a little bit. And that's kind of like, right. that's kind of like what that felt, like what, what Richard Jewell feels a little bit. So I did feel the length of this a little bit. But, uh, yeah, probably a 6 out of 10. Cool. Cool. Uh, all right, man, let's move on to probably the big item of the week, right? Let's move on to Birds of Prey.
0: No oh, shit. I told this all wrong. Quick history lesson.
1: This all started when the Joker and I broke up. It was completely mutual. And soon enough, I was back on my feet, ready to embrace the fierce goddess within. It's oh,
0: so quiet. Now that I cut ties with Mr. J, I'm about to learn that a lot of people want me dead. All alone. And at the top of that list, is this guy.
2: And so peaceful,
0: um, but it
1: turns out <laughs> that wasn't the only Damon Gotham looking for emancipation. You fall in- Man, I... <laughs> this this movie seems to be dividing people a lot. Um, you know, big time fans of DC Comics and Birds of Prey and, you know, Harley Quinn. I, I'm, I'm getting the vibe that they don't really dig this movie. I really dug this huh? movie. I really dug this movie, dude. I had a great, I had a great fucking time with this movie. It's got, it's got so much energy to it, and it's just it knows exactly what it is. Yes, it feels very much like Deadpool, like to the point where it feels oh. like it's kind of ripping it off a little bit. It, um, it
0: it is definitely they they looked at it and they're like one Deadpool, please. <laughs>
1: You're right, exactly. Um, so it it does feel kind of like basically ripped right off, like you know Deadpool's cold dead fingers, um, but. I think it works. I think this kind of like structure works for this story and this kind of like type of film. Um, I really want to talk about the action sequences, though. The action sequences in this movie are absolutely fantastic, and that's because Kathy Yan, the director, yeah. called in Chad Stahelski to work on the, <coughs> the the action in this film. Chad Stahelski, obviously uh, John Wick fame, right? I mean, he's he's stuntman. Um, basically, they got his uh, company to work on the 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 hand to hand fight sequences for this film, and that. I think that shows, dude. What do you think about the action sequences in this film?
0: Uh, The police sequence is, uh, police station sequence is fucking incredible. It's the reason why I went back a second time. Uh, Hands down, that scene alone uh, is why I went back a second time to watch it. Um, I think the other action sequences are pretty great as well, but that scene in particular is very John Wick, and I love how they're able to move a lot of character into it as well, and use it to progress the story forward. Like that. that's actually all the action scenes do that well. Like they're constantly moving the story forward while doing action. But like the Deadpool spectacle is definitely in that scene. Like, Dude, I, I could watch that scene a hundred times. It's really good.
1: Oh, dude. Her like sniffing the cocaine is so yes. Deadpool, dude. Like I feel like I've seen that before. Um, yeah. But I mean like it doesn't feel... None of it felt repetitive to me. Like none of it felt like I'd seen this before. It just seemed like a, honestly, I knew what I was getting into based on the trailers and the trailers made it seem like a, a big visually kind of like bright, um, spectacle that's just going to be entertaining. Right. And that's exactly what I got. Didn't get anything more. Didn't get anything less. Um, it was just a fun time. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Great, pretty good performances as well. Margot Robbie just continues to show that she is Harley Quinn. I really, really enjoyed Harley in this movie. Um, you know, I like the, the the directorial touches as well. I like the screenplay. Um, the the thing about the egg sandwich was fantastic. <laughs> um, really good. Yeah, I, right I, I ended up really enjoying the violence in this movie. The violence in this movie yeah. was actually kind of refreshing. <laughs> like it seemed like it was like, you know, every time, you know, someone, oh, dude, by the way. When I walked out of the cinema, I was limping because I've seen so many, like, broken legs in this movie. Holy shit. <laughs> um, yes. And Roman Sionis, I think, uh, I think he was the one kind of, like, getting the most flack before this movie came out. I dug Ewan McGregor, dude. Like, sure, he kind of does the, the early 2000s thing where he puts the mask on only once very briefly. But, I mean, you know what? I'm not, again, I'm going to say this for the 100th time on the podcast. I'm not married to the source material or anything like that. Um, so I, I don't really care whether he puts on the the, the 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 mask or not i just wanted to see him being like a, a different and compelling villain and that's what i got man like i, I love the first time you meet these two victor zaz by the way and uh black mask and the first time they're doing like they' they're torturing people they're literally cutting their faces off um mm. so i just I, I really dug this movie dude i really enjoyed it probably give it maybe a solid eight out of ten.
0: Um, I really, really like Birds of Prey. Um, I don't think it's perfect. I have a few problems with it. But overall, this is a really fun film. Um, I love that you... Obviously, Margot's performance has to be applauded. There's a lot of great performances all around. Um, I even really, really liked uh, Ewan McGregor. I thought he was fucking fantastic. Here's me after saying um, how much I hated him in um, uh, that fucking... What was it I can't remember what the fuck. that fucking Stephen King movie?
1: Oh, Dr. Sleep,
0: yeah. You need a Simon Fogg, dude. S-
1: you need a uh,
0: I haven't, yeah, but I, I, I really disliked him in Dr. Sleep, fucking love him in this movie. Um, uh, a few things I liked about this movie besides the action scenes, uh, the performances, really like the use of color. Um, I really thought it was interesting how much of an obvious Deadpool ripoff it was, like it even stole the fucking story structure the first movie did by going back in time to catch you up and things like that, Um, which actually kind of ties me into my biggest criticism of the film. Um, The first act has the most over-the-top exposition I think I've seen in a long time. And I was really getting sick of the narration because they were constantly trying to explain and set up all this stuff. I wish they just drop this in and let us learn through the characters more. Like some of that did lead to some cool scenes, but you know, there's, there's, there's a thing they say in screenwriting show, don't tell this movie tells you fucking everything. And they tell it through specifically narration where Harley Quinn's trying to come off as like uh quirky, but a, it's just like sugar sprinkled over exposition, uh, which I found a little bit frustrating Um, But once you get over that bump, the movie, like, really gets going. It's really good. And they did a great way of trying to mix it up. Um, That also ties into an an observation I had. I'm not going to call it a criticism, but it's an observation. How fucking hard this movie tries to get around Jared Leto's Joker. I know. It's really interesting. Like, they purposely draw him. I think they did a good job. Like, they, they, they did a good job in terms of finding ways not to show him. I think, like, so every time he's represented, it's the cartoon version from like the '90s cartoon. Um, but then in flashbacks, it is Jared Leto, but they only show the back of his head. Um, and cl- in fact, there's one shot where they have a stand-in dressed like him, but it's not Jared Leto, which I thought was interesting um, for a singular shot. <laughs> so just, just using- quickly,
1: Matt. Sorry, while you're while you're here, I listened to a, a an interview with Kathy Yan. And, uh, you know, they, they brought up the question as to, you know, whether they could get, you know, whether they, they even like approached Jared Leto to play, replay the Joker. And she said, no, we didn't. And we actually didn't really need Jared. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, like, cause I, I think they did find like pretty creative ways around it.
0: And I actually applaud that. Yeah. Um, because I, it's, it's, it's weird because I am in a position where I would like to see Jared Leto given a second chance. Um using what he had and that type of like the aesthetic of that character suits the aesthetic of this Harley Quinn. Um, so it kind of makes sense. What I'm interested in is when they move this franchise forward, are they going to just ignore Joker altogether? Cause they can't exactly kill him off. Will they reintroduce him with a whole new version and pretend it didn't happen. I don't know. It's interesting, but you really got to give shouts to screenwriters for finding ways to get around it. And by keeping it about her, but not her relationship. It's very interesting that being said, a lot of people talk about this movie saying I really like how it's about Harley Quinn getting over the Joker. Right,
1: it's a breakup. It's movie.
0: not. It's it's not. They 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 sandwich it in the beginning and end, but it's not. It's about her trying to get a diamond from a girl, basically. They you have it in the setup, and it's talked about, but you don't actually see Harley Quinn go through it, other than her crying from the TV for a little bit. Like they like they add it to a backstory. It's a part of a backstory and. But I would argue it's not a breakout movie. In fact, it's just something that sits in the background. Like, it doesn't affect any major plot points, I would say, other than bad guys want to get Harley Quinn. Um, and that's kind of it. But that's her still dealing with these other gangsters. It's not her dealing with the Joker. It was a breakout movie. Like, we would actually have to have her, like, interacting with him, I think. I think by blowing up that chemicals thing, a great way to set off like in her own way like a rebooted origin story but yeah i I don't think it's
1: i think i disagree (laughs) i mean like just sorry respectfully disagree i
0: think in marketing terms they want us to say that and think that but it really isn't it's just part of the sugarcoating i
1: i i i'm gonna say i i don't fully agree only only on the point that i don't think you need you need her to see the Joker or even have a scene with the Joker to be like, you know, to be a breakup movie. I think what this movie does really well is to show that even Harley Quinn can move on from a bad relationship, right? I mean, like the whole story is her trying to move on, trying to find her place in the world after being so subservient to the Joker.
0: Well, that's the thing. They they expect you to think that from previous shit. But you never see it. the only reference to that that I can think of, at least if any of that is in the animation within the first thirty seconds. It's like he took credit for her ideas, but they they dance around. They never talk about him being abusive to her. They never talk about because you know they had to really get around that in Suicide Squad. Like they don't actually touch on any of that. But I mean, like um, they she, just she's say at, she's he provided protection for her.
1: She's at the club and she's like, you know, she's like, I don't need no Mister J. Like I, I, I. I don't know because, like, also when she's actually you know being tortured by Black Mask, you know, you cut to that you know Marilyn Monroe kind of like dance scene, and that happens after she gets hit. That like like she gets yeah, hit, but by Joker's p- not
0: hitting her. No, it's, it it um, doesn't Roman. have
1: to be Joker. Like we just we just need the knowledge. We just need like you can kind of like assume that like you know she's been no no
0: but no but it's got nothing to do with Joker. Like it's not breaking up. It's not her getting over Joker. If Joker's not even mentioned. Or I'm just in saying. The
1: scene. I'm just saying. I don't think it has to be explicitly told. Like if she goes to her happy place after she gets hit, and she's used to going to a happy place after she gets hit, I think. But we don't does, know that. Like it doesn't have to be specifically told, though. Like I mean, no,
0: no. You're thinking about other source material. That's not in this movie. Uh, that's and that's my key point. Everyone thinks that, and they talk dude, about it in the marketing material, I, I, but it never happens in the movie. To be
1: honest, I'm not, thinking, not even I'm about. not thinking about any source of material because I didn't even know that Harley Quinn was assaulted in the comics by the Joker. You
0: knew that in Suicide Squad, though. Did did I? I don't know. That's the whole reason Jared Leto's scenes were cut.
1: Dude, I did not know that at all. Like, I'm You telling, knew that. I'm telling you. Why, it's, it the was fuck all down. we've
0: talked about on the podcast. We've talked about on the podcast. When? Like, what? I don't even know. Dude, his, the, the reason Batman v Superman's negative vibes convinced them to make Suicide Squad more comical, because the, and Jared Leader's all these scenes were cut, was that was a B story about how Joker would abuse Harley Quinn, and then her arc of that film was meant to be at her learning to leave the Joker. Um, because she was, she had a new family now and didn't need him. But then after Batman v Superman reviews, they took out all those scenes. That's why Jared Leto was all upset, um, see, and that's why they pretty much had to remake. See, the I didn't film. know that. Like still all, I,
1: all I saw was, all I saw was, you know, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. Like I mean, like that's the, that's like what I can imply from literally just that one line. Like you know, I don't need to see it, obviously, but. But, but, like, I mean, like, this is a semi-sequel to that movie as well, right? I mean, like, we don't, like, we, we can take that that kind of stuff into it, even if we did know it.
0: It is a semi-sequel, but, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, it's not a theme of this movie. It's a theme of, uh, the 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 main thing is he provided protection from her, from other place, from other people who, that didn't like her. She lost that, and now she says she has to leave, leave it. And that is a, a thing, like, people just, I keep seeing people talk about, um, oh well, she had to leave him because he was shit to her. They never say why they broke up. She just says we left, and people are tying my identity to him. So she's gonna learn to stand on her own. Like that, that's a big thing that keeps coming up. People keep saying it to her. Oh, you're 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 weak without your man. You but that's the thing about the, you're tied the, that's to that's, him. That's the movie though, right? But that's not abuse. But that's not abuse. Yeah. That's that's identity problems. You uh, know? Yeah, I'm not saying it's um, abuse.
1: Like I'm not saying that's the reason she left him because again, I had no. I like I did not know that was a thing. Um, but I mean like that's this movie like the 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 movie is supposed to be progressive it's supposed to be um you know all female it, like it, it's that that's I think that's the big thematic of this movie like everyone kind of like finds their is supposed to find their place um and like they don't <laughs> you know strong independent women don't need no man that's what I kind of like um,
0: on that on that topic um that's something this film does really well actually um which and I don't want to get too much into gender politics and stuff, but uh, a film that films like the girl team up movies sometimes get criticism for, for which I don't personally find as a criticism. I think it's okay to have films like that. Certain films of certain audiences, but sometimes people can. I've heard people argue that these things are shoved down their throats and they don't like all that shit. Blah 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 blah. But what I what I think those motherfuckers have no right to say that about this film, and I haven't seen much for that, is this film, like, it's cool shit happens and just happens to be women do it. There's no shit like, ah, uh, men, boys, boys drool, girls rule. There's no shit like where they're making fun of anyone's gender. It's just badass motherfuckers being badass motherfuckers. And the fact that they're, like, chicks is, like, just who they are. And what's great is characters like Harley Quinn are unapologetic Super female I mean The amount of costume changes And the over the top Extraness Of Harley Quinn's outfits In this movie Are like Mind blowing oh, I, I can it. see Yeah I can't wait to go to the next Like Comic Con And see all these girls Dressed in all these Different versions of Harley Quinn Because these outfits Are Insanely great Um, And she is Like I feel like I feel like Kathy Is it Kathy Is it Yen Kathy Yan Kathy Y-A Yan Yen yeah She is Okay, first of all, as a great director, she directed the fuck out of this, I think. Um, especially with all the shit she had to fucking juggle. Fucking killed it. In fact, there's a big segment in the middle of this film where Harley Quinn's not even in it for like a while. It is like many scenes without her. And there's focusing on this B plot with all these other characters and the birds of prey. And I was actually okay with it because she'd got me invested in this world um, and, and did a fucking bang up job of that. And- um, so so props for that. But yeah, um, and I just love how like extra girly Harley Quinn was in this film. In Suicide Squad, she was a little bit of like a sexualized object with the SMID makeup. And apparently, I only found this out the other day. They'd CGI'd her shorts to be even shorter in some scenes. Um, so Wait, you could see more butt. Is that a thing? Yeah, in, in David Ayers' Suicide Squad, apparently I don't know what you, scene Where did you read that? I can't remember where I read it, I'm sure. It'll pop up on Google, but apparently, and don't hold me to this, but apparently in some scenes they CGI'd her shorts so shorts would be shorter. Um, I'd, on that note, I only remember Margot saying how hard it was in some scenes when she had to be, like, wet and, like, she had to be, like, skinny as she could. Apparently there's, like, a lot of, like, work to be done to get her to look like that. Um, and then she did, like, ballet classes or something to prepare. Um, but, yeah, like, and so that was a very obviously masculine film, I think. And this is such a, obviously feminine film. And the film is better for that. Um, You can tell this is directed by a woman in all the best ways. And I think it actually is an empowering film uh, in that regard. And it's cool just to see a really fun, cool, like superhero chick. Um, and, And I know, I know you've got Wonder Woman stuff, but this movie is like, it's really fun. Um, and, like, Wonder Woman's great film, but, like, this is, like, this is that fun fun. Um, the other thing I want to talk about this film is, uh, like, the soundtrack. Uh, that was probably the best thing about Suicide Squad, and I think this one is, does a good job, too. Um, and the other thing is, uh, what I like about it is, as much as you want to talk about from Suicide Squad, I love that um, the filmmakers had the fucking balls to stand their ground and go, um, we accept where this film comes from. And we're going to take what's good about Suicide Squad and amplify it. And we're going to take what's bad about it and just, we're not going to fuck it off, but yeah, we're just going to clever like put it in the background. Yeah. Like they don't shit on the Joker the way uh, the Rise of Skywalker shits on The Last Jedi. Um, but then they embrace like the best attributes of people like Harley Quinn. They, they're they not afraid to show Jai Courtney as a cameo um, as, as Captain Boomerang. Um, they, that was What was interesting about Suicide Squad was, I don't want to say grounded, but like how uh, not even realistic, but um, it wasn't like a Marvel movie. Like they weren't overdoing the CGI. They were keeping practical. They were sort of being in some semi-reality, even though there's a giant crocodile man going around. This film kind of does that too.
1: That was the 20. Oh, wait, really? Do you reckon? What do you mean? I don't really see any
0: of that tone in here. Do you? Like what, what- in what, Suicide Squad, in this movie? Yeah. Well, this movie, yeah, they're on crack, but, like, no one's um flying. There's no overly cgi action scene. Everything kind of looks practical. Right, right, right. right. And it's right. sort of done. Yeah, like, everything you see could be done sort of potentially, possibly. Like, even more so than Suicide Squad. But Suicide Squad, again, it's it's not like watching an action scene from, like, Avengers. Well, it know? makes sense.
1: I mean, um, like, it makes sense that these, these girls who do not have superpowers besides Black Canary... Um, like, would be facing a, a street-level villain, right, with With no powers. Like, that was one <laughs> yeah. of the issues about and, Suicide Squad.
0: Yeah, and, oh, there's a lot of issues to Suicide Squad. Yeah, like, let's Suicide not get Squad, into that But this. that's definitely yeah. one of them. And I think what's also interesting is the way they treated Black Mask, they treated him like the way they did Jared Leto's Joker. Like, I could see a scene where they're in the same room. Like, and I think even by treating yeah, Black Mask like that, it, it makes sense and the way he talks about the Joker it's like he's, it's like as if this world that is built it's also implying like yeah his rival gang was Joker's one and he you know in that it's even like the way that those clubs work and stuff we saw that in Suicide Squad too. like I think it takes a lot of fucking balls to do that and I think Black Mask's character is even the way he acts is kind of reminiscent of ish of personality wise of generally as Joker obviously Black Mask is a lot better it's a lot less cringy with some stuff um, and I think, yeah, that, that should be applauded too. And it makes me interested with how, what they do with, um, James Gunn's Suicide Squad, since technically it's going to be a third of a trilogy, if you're going to count all these three, if it is properly connected, um, which I believe it is. So yeah, anyways, um, I'm going to give this also, I think an eight out of 10. Yeah, let's give it an eight. It deserves an eight. And, um, I can't wait, I, I hope... Are they going to do a Birds of Prey 2? Do we know about that? I know this has disappointed the their box office expectations.
1: Right. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Uh, and no- which is a shame. Nothing's been announced, but, yeah, it didn't really do that hot at the box office, um, possibly because of the title. Like, that might be a thing. But, um, mm. yeah, it's it's definitely, like, nothing's definitely been announced. Um, I can't see, like, these characters not showing up in the DC universe in the future, though. Like, I think they'd make great additions. Like, it. it okay, here's the thing. The budget was 80, 82 to a hundred million dollars, and it made one hundred forty five million so far. Like, I mean, that budget is not including you know the marketing costs and things like that. So, yeah, it, it's not doing too hot, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a it's a good movie though. It is. Um, it is fact, good. Movie. I would argue, uh, definitely top.
1: Hold three on. Hold on. PC hold on. For. Hold on. <laughs> hold on this is part of our game try- this is part of I'm our trying game to I'm Trying to give you a segue holy shit i'm trying to give you a segue okay all right well what he's segwaying to guys is what is our first mdf game uh basically again we asked a question simple question we asked you guys to answer it uh and we are going to answer this now To we don't know each other's like each other's answers um, and we're going to go one step further seeing as both of us have like this prepared, like you messaged me back and you're like, you know what, I have an entire list prepared. So I was just like, you know what, I'll prepare mine too. We're also, in addition to, you know, letting you guys know what our first EU sorry, favorite DCEU film is, we're going to go through and rank our favorite, uh, our DCEU films. Um, so that's going to be fun. Um, and what's, what like the way we should play these games is it's going to be more interesting. I'm going to guess what your number one pick is, and you'll guess mine.
0: All right? Okay. D- don't you think for ranking we should start from the bottom and work way up? Yeah,
1: we'll work our way up, yeah, when we get to that. But for now, okay. I think we should guess our favourite, right? Okay. All right, I'm going to guess yours. You ready? All right. Okay. I'm going to guess Shazam.
0: Wrong. Whoa. It almost was. It's a close number two. It's a very close number two. Uh-huh. I almost said that was my one.
1: Okay, um, that's interesting. Like, you know what? Don't tell me. Don't don't tell me until we're right. Well, I
0: know what yours is. I think I know what yours is. What is it? Wonder Woman. Correct.
1: <laughs> he Same. nailed it.
0: Oh, okay. I put Wonder Woman. So, so the way I sort of. Should, so, should we talk? Should I talk about my yeah. like one versus two then? Yeah, talk, like, um, yeah. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So, so it's tough because I think out of all of them, Shazam and Wonder Woman are the most are the strongest, like well put together films. I think Birds of Prey. Oh fuck! There's nowhere to. (laughs) I think Birds of Prey does. Don't talk about
1: your other ones yet. Just talk about yeah. But mainly your number one. Shazam and Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman.
0: Yeah, Wonder Woman. um, I think is the best constructed of the films. Um, But what puts it ahead of, say, something like another film, has some of the most memorable moments. In addition to being really well put together and have a great cast, like you can't get past the chemistry between uh, Wonder Woman and uh, Chris Pine's character. Like, they have amazing chemistry. Uh, its big problem is, I think, in the third act, it kind of falls apart, where it starts to become a bit of a CGI fest. Um, but that's not to take away from the rest of the film. The There's the, some really iconic scenes. It's just very, very good storytelling. Very great directing. And um, I think it's hard to find too many faults in this film. Yeah. It's very stylized. I actually like the Zack Snyder influence on this film. Um, in terms of the way they treat action and
1: pretty much nothing else. Yeah, yeah. They, they they balance a fine line between comedy and like actual like dark sort of drama, and I really appreciated that. This is yeah, I again my number one pick as well, um, mainly because of Gal Gadot. Like I think Gal Gadot is the yeah. best cast um, character in the current DCEU. Um, oh, probably. Like she's she's just so she feels so natural, and whenever she kind of says something that's super endearing, you, you feel the endearing nature of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, like, when she, when she, they're at the station, really quick moment, they have the ice cream, it feels natural when she licks the ice cream and she's like, it's delicious. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like all of that, the fish out of water stuff, they did Thor better than Thor. Like, you know what I mean? The first Thor. First
0: <laughs> in a way, in a way, I guess. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, so, yeah, I think also, like, in the way how like we haven't really gotten a, a great Superman film um, since I guess Christopher Reeves. But Superman's meant to be like the ideal man. Like it's like this is what men should strive to be. I feel like Wonder Woman is like that for for women. Like yeah. she has this almost mothery. Like when she smiles, like you feel the love. Like oh, she's a character that's my, driven my, my by
1: love. Just like fills up. <laughs>
0: like it's like know? she's. She, not only is she a badass chick who could kick your ass, and she's. She's both physically and emotionally strong, but like she has this mothery element to her, which just makes you wanna like uh, you both respect and you just want a hug from her because right. you think if she hugged you, everything would be okay. <laughs> right. I could have put
2: it. Better <laughs> and myself. that's a
0: weird thing to put it there, but at the same time, look can just pick up a sword and shield and just own it. Right. And like. And when she becomes, a, like, does these superheroic things, like that World War, that trench sequence. and that's like what I was she, say, yeah. Like, like, the Greek goddess of her comes out and these, like, mere mortals around a god. Like, this is everything I wish Man of Steel was that they fucking crushed with Wonder Woman.
1: So, yeah, that, that, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think, the like, the, the No Man's Land sequence is the best thing that's been put on... To film with regards to the DCEU. like I, I think that's mm. there's nothing there's nothing else in the DCAU that kind of gives me goosebumps like that, like the music maybe. and everything, the way it peaks, I love it. Um,
0: maybe oh, also the Wonder Woman's theme is really cool. Yeah. It's unique. And cool though. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I just want to go on and say, like before I get to the the poll, like as a whole, uh, the poll agreed with us. Uh, we got quite a few. Uh, we, we, get, we got we got. Uh, 11 12 13 14 votes for one woman uh leading to victory like you know is a well and clear winner um let's let's go into our ranking right you give me your okay. you give me your eight starting from okay. eight.
0: um so so I'll, I'll list them all
1: yeah list them all and then I'll go into my okay. yeah
0: so at number eight I have Batman V Superman oh that's yeah I think it's definitely without a doubt the worst film. Uh, I, I assumed you would be on the same page as me. Maybe not. I, I think um, I think our
1: first, I think our first two are the only li- are the only same ones.
0: What you think? Batman v Superman is good.
1: I'm gonna. I'll go into it.
0: Okay. So Batman v Superman is, I think, without a doubt, the worst film. Uh, or, or actually, you know what? No, uh, the bottom three I think can be competitive. Actually, um, so Batman v Superman. Then I got Suicide Squad, and my number six is Justice League. Um, my number five is Man of Steel. But to be honest. I haven't seen it in a while, so you could you could persuade me on Man of Steel. Um, then I've got Aquaman, Birds of Prey, Shazam, Wonder Woman. So it's Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, Justice League, Man of Steel, Aquaman, Birds of Prey, Shazam, Wonder Woman.
1: That's that's interesting, dude. Okay, so here's mine. Right, my number eight is Justice League. Like, okay. far
0: I, I can see why. Yeah, I can
1: see why far and away to me, man. The most the most uh, problematic. DCEU film um i i can't handle the two direction the two directors clash of tones i just i can't handle it dude it's too it's too apparent to me like you know
0: i, I would love to talk about that but go through your list first
1: okay justice league at number 8 number 7 suicide squad number 6 uh-huh. batman vs superman and then there's kind of like a quality jump right so there's the easy the three yes. the bottom three right quality jump yes. number 5 aquaman Number four, Birds of Prey. Number three, Man of Steel. Number two, Shazam. Ooh. Number one, Wonder Woman. I actually, I actually really enjoy Man of Steel. Like, I mean, like it's the one. It's 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 actually my most revisited DCEU film. Um, and that, Man of Steel is
0: very interesting. Yeah, it is. It feels like it's very, it's very different to everything else. Right, and that's because it wasn't, I think, intended to be a. A franchise stuff.
1: I actually think, um, and look, I might be completely off on this, but I actually think that's the movie that Christopher Nolan had the most touch on, right? I mean, like, you know. Oh, no, he did. Yeah.
0: It's the only one he had. He was, cre- he was credited right. in, like, the trailers mm-hmm. and shit.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like, he he was also credited on Batman vs Superman. I don't want to go past that, but, like. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Like, it, so that was a thing. Oh, but, yeah, I know. But uh, Man of Steel came out just a year after Dark Knight Rises, so it was still kind of, like, off that. Off that tone a little bit, and the, the the action sequences in Man of Steel, they're just they're fucking awesome, dude. Like, I mean, it looks like looks like Dragon Ball Z fighting, dude. I, I love it. I mean, like logically, it makes no sense. Um, you know, all the the, the city getting destroyed and shit, and them kissing on top of a fucking <laughs> destroyed city where millions of bodies are just like alone strewn out. But
0: so, yeah, so I could swap Man of Steel to my four and and have it jump Aquaman, okay. but. What stopped me, what stopped me is um, one I haven't seen it in a while. And here's the other thing I like, I give a lot of credit for. Um I remember when I first saw it and it was like mind-blowing to me. But it was that was like 10 years ago. Um, I remember being seven. really oh, seven, okay. I remember being really into it. But I'll be honest, I don't love the Hans Zimmer theme. Whoa. I don't like how it's constantly elevating, kinda of, it feels like it's going nowhere other than forward. Which I know is the point of it. Like I understand. Yeah, I actually Superman, read an interview with right? him, and he was explaining like that's the point of it. But like I think Superman should feel hopeful, and I get that's not the point of Man of Steel. Man of Steel is meant to be like it's a god learning he's a god around humans and stuff. Um, and obviously the big action sequence. Hold at on, hold the on. End before is you amazing. move on from the
1: score. Before you move on from the score, yeah. the the scene where he comes out and he starts his first flight. That that to me. That track, it's great for that scene. That track is yeah. actually called Flood. <laughs> um, yeah. And I love
0: it. No, 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 I will say it's great for that scene. Um, so I, I shouldn't knock it too much because it, it suits the purpose of the scene. Um, so, yeah, good point there. Um, but I, I feel like if it just had, uh, there's not a lot of action in it. And I feel the first act or the first scene with Russell Crowe and his big action sequence of Krypton. It doesn't really mean or do anything for the film. I feel like they just added in there because they were contractually obligated to give Russell Crowe an action scene or something, um, which I feel like similar thing might have an Aquaman with Nicole Kidman. But um, uh, And it just feels like they needed to put an action scene there because there's almost no fighting until like the final showdown. I think that's what puts it down for me, but I think the character study of Superman is really interesting And it is actually, honestly, one of the better made films. Yeah. Because a lot of them, a lot of these movies feel like they have studio interference and they're trying to appease popcorn goers. But this movie's not. This movie is possibly one of Zack Snyder's best films.
1: And I really enjoy Um, Michael Shannon as Zod.
0: Yeah. Great performance. In fact, Zod's really good for it. Um, I'm just, I'm hesitant because Aquaman, the reason I put it above that is I feel like there are more memorable scenes. I think it's definitely not as well made. I think it's very clunky. I think it's some there's a lot of cheesy moments and I can't tell if it's on purpose or not. So it's definitely not as well directed, but the action scenes in Aquaman are fucking breath. Yeah, I think I'd say the best fight scenes out of the entire DCU all take place in or well, most of them take place in I Aquaman. Agree. The, and
1: and um, visually, it's actually incredible. The, the the scene where, you know, they're getting attacked and they have to dive down into the trench, that's super wide oh shot. Just, yeah, brilliant. Love it.
0: Yeah. And there's a few scenes like that in that movie. And that's why I've got Aquaman as number four, um, just above Man of Steel. But Man of Steel, I acknowledge, is a better made film. So you could, that's what I mean, like those two are kind of neck and neck. A lot of these films are neck and neck. Yeah. Um, One we did agree on, I think it was Shazam as number two, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that was solid. Let's uh, let's not go into it too much, but um, really great performances, really fun movie um, and really, really good direction to take that character in really good debut.
0: I think, I think, I think Shazam also has my favorite character arc. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's a lot of heart there and it's well done. Oh,
1: it's the, I'd say it's the most emotionally resonant of, of all the films. Um, like I love the mm. idea of him going to the foster mother, or sorry, the actual mother, and being disappointed, and then such yeah. a great scene, yeah, yeah, so good. Um, let's let's talk um, about the bottom three.
0: B- bottom three, yeah. yeah, bottom three. Okay, so where I've got it at is okay. Batman V Superman is at the bottom because uh, I hate the length, I hate the tone. Um, uh, I think it's trying to juggle way too many balls. Matt, it's trying. I thought to you liked my length. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. It's it's it hurts my bo- no no I'm not saying that. Not oh saying
1: that. boy.
0: Um. So it's, it's it's trying to be a Man of Steel sequel. It's trying to set up a Batman franchise which never takes off. Um. And it has and like you know we got to we can't go past Jesse Eisenberg's performance. I don't hold. I don't. I'm not saying it's a bad performance. It's just bad for that character. If he was playing the Riddler, I would have said, oh, it's pretty good, but no, he's Lex Luthor and he's, his the way he acts does not match his character at all, even within the concept of that film. So I hate that we spend three hours building up to an eight minute fight scene, uh, which only goes for eight minutes. And then out of nowhere, uh, doomsday is awkward and terrible. Wonder woman feels forced in that film and she deserves better than that. Um, I hate, Oh, so many things I hate about this film. Um, I hate how it takes so long to get to the fight. I hate um, all this weird politics. I hate that scene where Lex Luthor pisses into a cup and brings it to a court, like the Senate. What the fuck was that? Um, the one good scene of this film. Oh, I hate the Doomsday fight. I think it's really bad. I think it's one of the. I think it's arguably the worst action scene in this movie, in this franchise, uh, this universe. Um, but the action scene of Batman in the warehouse. Fighting those guys, Arkham City style. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, that's kind of the only good thing I can think of that I like about this movie. I like how they sort of retouch on things on Man Steel, but that's, so that's I'll, not a big I'll thing.
1: give you a couple of reasons as to why it's my number six instead of my number eight. So um again, the the Batman, you know, the warehouse sequence, right? Like th- it's it's funny because this movie was very controversial when um uh, Ben Affleck was announced as Batman. So you know, considering that Batman is actually one of the best parts of this movie, <laughs> it's kind of you know a bit of a yeah. well done like moment. Um, the warehouse part, like I love, I, I kind of dig the Batmobile, although it kills. Um, I, re- yeah. I really, I really, really, really like um, fuck Alfred. God damn, how am I forgetting his name? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, the the guy who plays Alfred, how am I forgetting his name? Holy shit! Um, oh, I am um, Iron Jer- Iron. Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Yeah, yeah, I love Jeremy Irons as um, as as Alfred, and
0: you know, like it, yeah, he's all right.
1: It's it's to me, it it wholly feels like it was directed by one person though. Like it's got one tone, <laughs> it's got one yeah, like okay. you know what I mean. Like it's got one no. voice. Like it feels like I'll, one. I'll give you
0: that. It's and there's not a lot of movies in this list that feels like it's directed by one person with one voice. The problem is, is that I hate the voice, <laughs> and that's fair enough. That, <laughs> yeah. but here's another yeah. thing, and, and and that's why, and I actually thought about that. I'm like, okay, Suicide Squad and Justice League feels like it's directed by uh, two different people with two different ideas, right? Uh, exactly. And Mr. Man, feels like it's directed by one. Problem is, is I hate the idea. <laughs> and that's fair
1: uh, enough.
0: I hate. I it's it's almost depressing, and it's I it know, shouldn't be. I know, I know. It Should be about selling action figures. Of,
1: so like, the. Um, the, The other big point I wanted to make is this, okay, so Batman versus Superman, the fight itself and, like, the actual conflict between the two was nowhere near as disappointing as the teaming up of the Justice League to me. I mean... I would rather I'd rather they fail. Okay, so look, Justice League to me. Wait,
0: when you say when you say teaming up, are you talking about a certain moment or are you talking about no, the whole I'm talking thing about or? the whole
1: thing. So like I mean like okay. I'd rather the I'd rather Batman versus Superman fail and Justice League be better. I had higher hopes for Justice League, I think. Um I think the fact that they fumbled Justice League so hard and they totally should not have because it should have yeah. been an amazing spectacle that we never got. Um, I, mm. I think that leads to just so much more disappointment, and that's why it's just so like at the bottom of the list for me. Um,
0: again, that's understandable. And, yeah, and you know, you,
1: you've got the mustache gate. You know, the CGI shit. Um, yeah. You know, you've got the, the, the bullshit Russian family at the end. Uh, it, that movie to me is just unwatchable. Like it's it's absolutely unwatchable to me. I can't. Can, yeah,
0: can I play devil's advocate and defend that movie? Go for it. Okay. First of all, you have to accept the bad things, right? You have to accept it's a Franken film, but I also think Suicide Squad is a Franken film. Um, uh, you also have to accept the the CGI mustache, which is hard to do because it looks really bad. Apparently, so I discovered recently, um, so they could have spent more time fixing the movie, but the reason why um, they rushed it out to meet the agreed upon deadline was so the executives at Warner Brothers would get their yearly bonuses. Um so it was a financial thing. If they were willing to forego their bonuses, they could have made it probably a great movie. Yeah. out of it well, and given more control. I consider
1: all that self speculation. I, I don't really. I mean, it's not. No.
0: Nah. Oh, actually, I don't know. Yeah, I, I that's what now. I'm saying. I didn't check yeah. I- truthful it is. Yeah. Um. Anyways. Um. But so so you have to ignore a lot of bad shit. That is true. Right. But once, if you're able to get over that hump, there's some good shit here. Um. There is really great chemistry between these characters, which I think. Um, might be a lot of Joss Whedon, but like that's the best thing about Avengers, right? Seeing the characters talk. I think Ezra Miller as the Flash it, it was really enjoyable. Um, it reminded me how much I hate um, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. And in fact, I think I hate him more in this film than do Batman v Superman. Um, but the abs, and I, I like this new take on Aquaman that we get. Um, we get a little bit of Wonder Woman. Like, I, I'd still say one of Wonder Woman's best action scenes is her um, in the bank, like stopping the bank robbery. That's a great scene. Um, I think this movie has a lot of moments that I really like. Um, so if you if I if I watch it in clips on YouTube every now and then, uh, as not a whole movie, I can really enjoy that. And I think this movie has more memorable moments than both Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman, um, for sure. And and so I and the number one thing I like about this movie, and I and this is why I want a Man of Steel sequel so badly, is all the scenes redone with Joss Whedon. Yes, the mouth looks fucking terrible. But it's the first time since Christopher Reeves, I feel Superman feels like Superman. Like the opening scene on the phone where he's giving like like nice words and inspiring stuff to these kids. All the times where he's inspiring hope into everybody. It's like, fuck yeah. That's what Superman should be. I should feel hopeful. He should. The whole point of Man of Steel with the S is like, it represents hope. Like, he's actually representing hope in this. And like, that that part where he's like, I represent true, I believe in truth and justice. Like, I love those moments. And I feel like Superman finally feels like Superman. And I don't hold that against Man of Steel because Man of Steel is about building up to make him that character. So that's not a criticism at Man of Steel, but I'm stoked that I got the Superman. That's Superman to me. And he's much more brighter. And it makes me think of how much I would have hated the Zack Snyder cut if he was meant to wear a black suit and be a bad guy for yeah. more than half the film. Like, that that would have sucked, I think. That um, that
1: movie, dude, doesn't start out start out so positively. Like, it's just, like, dude, it starts. Yeah, it starts off with this depressing ass, like, I'm sorry song over, like, you know, like the man is still, like, crest on the bridge. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, but- God. Damn, like, I just, like not, a, yeah. like, not a great way to start your your movie. Um, yeah.
0: Also, also, you reminded me of another thing I really hate about Justice League, which I have to emphasize. We
1: got we to fire through
0: this. Hate, I hate how they bring Superman back to life. Sure, they acknowledge it when they're digging up Superman's grave, but it just feels dumb. Like, can't they just say, oh, he's back because of the sun or some bullshit, like... I hate that they make a big deal out of it because it just feels fucking weird having this zombie. I get what they're going for; they'll try and make it, it's like, "Oh, hope has returned," but um, it feels awkward um, trying to reanimate a dead Superman.
1: Well, it's also like more stupid because they like kind of wrote themselves into a corner when they killed him off at the end of Batman vs Superman. Like, you know, it's just like. Yeah.
0: But then again, like that's that's the death another reason Superman. I hate Batman yeah. vs Superman to me. Yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I feel like. Because Justice League has more moments I enjoy. Like, I actually like most of the final fight. Actually, I like most of the fight scenes. I think the fight scene against Superman is really good. I think it's a cool scene. I love the chemistry between characters. And, um, yeah, I but I really dislike Bruce Wayne in this movie. There's only, but, yeah, so, so that's why I put it again above Batman. There's only awesome one
1: moment I like Superman. in that movie, and that's when... The Flash realizes that Superman is as fast as him. That's that. That's it. That's literally <laughs> that's it. That's a good scene. Um, that's a good. All right, man. Holy fuck. Um, we've we've gone on for so long. Let's talk about Suicide Squad very briefly.
0: Um, it's the most. Like, even though you could argue it's less of a Franken film than, uh, Justice League. At least like the problem with Suicide Squad is the scenes that are meant to be serious look like they're meant to be dark, but then you'll have fucking Skrillex playing in the background. The Joker, obviously, is a big misstep, unfortunately. Um, the, the the having to change the returning halfway through. Um, also, I kind of think this movie is a little bit racist. I don't hate it so much for that. But, like, there's a lot of weird stereotypes that are done here. It feels a bit awkward. Oh, you mean
1: Killer um, also, Croc liking BTE? BTE no, yeah,
0: that. But then also, like, look at the characters. Captain Boomerang is a drunk Australian who throws boomerangs. Katana is a Japanese lady named Katana, and she's not even a samurai. She's dressed like with a geisha mask and geisha. Things, though? Um, maybe, but like, why put them all together? Uh, Deadshot is a black man whose superpower is guns. He's white in the comics. Fucking, oh, I think that's there's, a, that's there's a bit other of a reach.
1: stuff. I, I don't really agree with those. I mean, sorry, I agree with the first two. I don't really agree with the Deadshot one. That's a bit, yeah, reaching.
0: yeah. That's that's fair. That, that, that might be reaching, but like. Yeah, I think there's that. But again, that's not my biggest criticism of the film. Like, it's it just feels very awkwardly paced. I remember the first time watching it thinking it was okay. Actually, yeah. Um, we, we
1: both liked but, it. We watched uh, the first the first time we saw it, we both dug it a little bit. Uh, and then we kind of like, yeah, oh, like I thought, on, that didn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, because the costume designs are great. And they move the story so fast to try and make you not think about shit. Yeah. And, and actually, well, to be honest, well-deserved. Great costume designs and character and makeup. But- but you watch it a second time and it's so much slower the second time around. You realize the action scenes kind of all suck. Like they're bad action scenes. Oh, terrible. Like the lack of- Like they're, they're pretty bad. And then you sort of realize that like they are only like three characters that talk mostly. Like the rest of them just stand in the background, do nothing. Right. And like the more you watch it, the more you realize how fucking terrible it is. Um, And I- think a lot of it is because like they were given like six weeks to do prep and write, I think it and then just jump into it. And they reckon they shot over two hundred hours of footage or something. So obviously that's to sort of like make, make the film up as they go in a way, like in the editing room, I believe. But you can really tell like this this is a uh it's kind of a disaster. Um the only reason I put it above Batman V Superman is because you know, I'm thinking about it now it might actually be worse than Batman V Superman. But because at least v. Superman has some iconic moments that I, I look back on. But I guess I just put it above because I kind of like the, the way that the aesthetic of the film a little bit. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, like I was going to say- I, like, the- and I
0: love the soundtrack too. I love the soundtrack.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. The first 20 minutes of this movie are better than all of Justice League. I really, I, I really, <laughs> I, really <laughs> I love taking shots at it. Um, I, I love- I love the first twenty minutes of this movie, just because like the introduction of the characters, the stylized, you know, the, the way their names come up on the screen, the the, the licensed music, especially Deadshot's intro, I really dig.
0: Oh, and to tie back into what I was saying about Birds of Prey, like that's one of the good elements they lifted from Suicide Squad and moved to Birds of Prey. Like they sort of like when they see a new character, have, like the text pop up and screen, the freeze frame. Like this movie did that kind of really well too.
1: Yeah, absolutely did. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's Suicide Squad. Yeah, all right. Let's let's just get quickly to the the poll. Holy shit! Yeah, so MDF MD, MDF game is what it's called. Hashtag whatever. Blah blah. The poll again. Unanim- pretty almost unanimously. Uh, Wonder Woman, right? Clear lead. Yeah. And then we had Man of Steel in the number two position. You know, pretty pretty high up as well. Birds of
0: Prey. Gotta rewatch that. Yeah, really
1: good, dude. Birds of Prey in the third position, and Aquaman and Shazam tied for fourth. Zero votes for Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, and Justice League. Pretty much agreeing with our bottom three right there, right?
0: And I'll say uh, Rick is a huge defender of Batman vs. Superman. He'll fight tooth and nail of that, and he still went for Aquaman. Aquaman, that, yeah. Which- yeah, which is good. That being said, yeah, Aquaman has a lot of fun moments in
1: it. Absolutely. I do want to read a couple of comments just because I promised to and also because I want to give people a platform. Danielle Cutter says, Wonder Woman, which happens to be both my favourite and the best of the DCEU. Now, if we're talking just a DC film in general, then it's going to be The Dark Knight. I fully agree with that, dude. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah. Oh, well, The Dark Knight's The Dark Knight. Also, uh, on that note, I'm very proud of our community that no one tried to add in Joker and put it <laughs> in because that would have been cheap. Oh, because
1: I turned it off. I turned off the... Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I know people are going to add shit, so I'm just like, fuck this shit. Uh, yeah. Alan Michael Pools, uh, very famously, is a Christopher Reeve Superman fan. Uh, he said, based on the events of the recent crisis on Infinite Earths, all DC films are DCAU films. Thusly... And he posted a film a photo with him and superman yeah. <laughs> um, patrick harrington says wonder woman because it's actually good <laughs> and he says Shazam is good too uh also patrick patrick posted the the shame gif from game of thrones said to uh for those voting man of steel <laughs> <laughs> uh, danny Fouch, man of steel nathan burkhart says wonder woman because he loves the strong badass female roles and harley Quinn is just too over the top for my liking gal gadot k- kicked ass, outperformed her male co-stars and still managed to remain classy and composed. 100% agree. Michael Grizzard said, I'm not voting for her, but Suicide Squad, because it's the only one I've seen on that list. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I, I respect your um, your mature choice there.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> your mature reasoning. The always ama- amazing Miss Liana Fallon said, Birds of Prey was amazing, period. She goes on to say, I enjoyed Wonder Woman, but just like every other DC and Marvel movie, it's the same boring plot about the same boring superhero defeating the same boring bad guy. Uh, I can I can agree with you. Um, you know, it is it's it's, uh, it's it is formulaic, right? She goes on to say, Birds of Prey is so fresh and fun. Yes, there is a bad guy, and yes, there is someone essentially being saved, but that isn't the premise of the movie. It's about Harley's emancipation from a toxic relationship along with many other women.
0: Now say, I disagree. We talked about That's
1: this. We're, we're not disagree. getting into this now.
0: <laughs> we, I but I do agree it's fresh. I do agree it's fresh.
1: Craig Dealy, Wonder Woman, probably for me. I thought it was a very decent story and Gaga Dot was great in the role. Fit as anything, of course, but good in the part anyway. Birds of Prey was daft fun. I went this week and really rather enjoyed it. Robbie was over the top in a film with little plot, but I got just what I expected before I went in. Batman vs Superman did not deserve the dropping it got was pretty decent as with Justice League and Suicide Squad Craig Dealey is always the positive person so yeah Uh, we appreciate you Craig right Aquaman for Rick Gentusa it's the movie that made everyone drop those god awful (laughs) jokes about the character showed the world that any character done right can be a global box office machine and was the closest thing we've gotten to superhero Lord of the Rings with the production design damn I agree I actually do agree like underwater Lord of the Rings Yeah. yeah yeah Luke Newn- Newnham says, Man of Steel is tops to me. I just love everything about that film. I like the more grounded approach. Crow as Jor-El and Michael Shannon as Zod were both fantastic castings. Zod is still one of my all-time favorite comic book movie villains. And that first flight sequence, goosebumps, man. It was a great jumping off point for DC. And then they went and blew their wad too early with Batman vs Superman. And he says, I'm still holding out for Man of Steel too.' I, uh, I agree with all those points. Me Luke. too. Yeah. Me too. Absolutely. Holy shit, man. That was a, a super-sized Upcoming Attractions episode. Guys, I just want to yeah. thank you guys so much for participating in the first ever MDF game. This was really great. I really love the community the community uh, participation, and uh, we're definitely going to have one for the next uh, Upcoming Attractions episode. Just give us some time to come up with the theme and the topic, and uh, we'll post it in the after party for sure. Uh, Matt? What do you have to say before we head out of
0: here? I just realized Wonder Woman got double the amount of votes as the one below. Yeah, so, killing it. Yeah, that's, that's a clear winner. I find it interesting. Um, yeah, just thanks thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We love you all. And, um, yeah, I'm good. Are you good? I'm good, dude. All right. Give us that five-star iTunes reviews, and we'll see you next time. Laters.